Hi, this is Catherine Isabel. I thought being stuck to Freddy versus Jason was bad. This shit's probably going to be worse. You're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the Bone Zone. Skeleton Crew 126, here it is. It is March 2017. Now, I'm very excited to be here. This is, you know, what's funny is I have been looking forward to it since we set the date. And um, it's just, it's, I've been giddy. And that's how it's been. Like, since we've start, you know, started on this New full Yeah, I mean, it's just every time I can't wait. It's exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we are joined by what's old is new again, Dan Chase. Oh, what up? Jamie, I too am very giddy. Dan, unfortunately, you weren't around when Jamie and I, we wanted to do an update on the Bates Motel TV series. And you weren't around, but uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play this right now live in the dungeon. It's uh, it's about 20 minutes what we recorded already. And uh, if you could just, we'll all sit here and we'll all listen to it. And if you could just, uh, when we come back from that, just give us your thoughts and any interjections that you would have had while you listened. Uh, that would be cool. We can get into uh, your side of this this kind of this whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh, I got some shit. One of our listeners, Reagan Campbell, he's really into the show, and he's he's actually, he has a weird prediction of a way. He knew that we were all friends again, and he actually asked me when we go back in 2017 and talk about Bates Motel, if I could uh, ask you to come on and talk with us about it. Like, for some reason, he really wanted your perspective. It's odd that we actually recorded it without you even though we were talking to you but you know since obviously you are here uh he'll be thrilled to know that oh good so he will be here so it's actually a treat for him and an odd prediction that you'd be back to the show anyway so this is reagan's doing huh no dude reagan's the man first of all dude great guy right there so yeah yeah and i've talked to him several times um just that yeah he's a big fan dude he's the man so yeah shout out to him first of all um, so yeah, do you, you want to get into this? Like, let's, let's fucking do this, dude. Like, I'm so ready to talk base motel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll play our clip real quick and then, uh, we'll come back with Dan's thoughts on the base motel with us. Okay. We'll be right back after this. One of my favorite things to do on this skeleton crew was when we talked about the first five episodes of the Bates motel <laughs> 
and we gave it a nice overview, and I thought things were going great, but somehow we never, never did another one, Jamie. I don't know why we never covered the Bates Motel besides that. Like, what was the reason? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I never thought of it because I'm... I do it on evil episodes, so I probably it just probably never crossed my mind. And then um I don't know, I guess we always had something other things to do and I guess it just never came up. It's a shame. I wish I talked It is a shame because it's an excellent show and I love that it's a show that we all share. We all have in common. I, apparently it was my dream show cuz Psycho was like my favorite uh horror franchise and I finally got a TV show out of it. So, uh, real quick, my overall thoughts of it. Uh, so, what did you think? Blah, blah. You know, it's not over yet. We have our final season to get through. But, you know, if people were to say, well, man, you finally got the show you always wanted. So, what did you think? You know, the same way Dan Chase got the show he seemingly always wanted with the, um, the Scream TV show. Like, I am dying to know uh, what he thought of that. You know, he hasn't been on the show since that came out. And I wonder if it's everything he's ever dreamed of <laughs> you know so i don't know but uh if you guys don't know it's on netflix if you want to check it out so check out the screen tv show on netflix and uh let us know on our facebook page uh hopefully i remember to ask dan that on this show if i don't then well, i'll just ask him on a different show so uh overall feelings is i am pretty happy with it uh i was kind of disappointed that dylan's character got put in the back burner uh, I really liked where he was going in season one and for, I guess, a little bit of season two. That was weird. Uh, other than that, I am thrilled about Norman's mom. I didn't like Norman Bates in the first season. I didn't really get his character very much. I, I didn't think it was a very good portrayal. But then season two was hilarious. Like, his, it's so uncomfortable and so funny. And it was just, it was like an uncomfortable laugh i do i guess or something but uh jamie how do you feel like how do you think freddie highmore do you agree do you think norman wasn't really what drew you like in season one tell me you were not more interested in the mom and dylan i always have been more interested in vera farmiga even now i think now i as freddie highmore has grown into this role he has developed along with it and he's he has blossomed into something amazing like this this past season it, um, it was incredible the the whole thing like and the first time we saw him which i think was like toward the end of the season before or the first time we saw him in a robe and earrings yeah, <laughs> yeah just i was just uh i was just i was gone it was amazing so yeah he has really done uh, wonderful things with this but yeah in the beginning i was immediately drawn to norma and she has consistently been one of my favorite characters on television current and um she just it gets better and better what about dylan i really enjoyed dylan in the beginning and then i kind of felt like after a while they didn't know what to do with him yeah so they just sort of shoved him off into the woods to grow pot <laughs> yeah and right, yeah. then they just sort of killed off that storyline and then this last season we actually got him like leaving you know with wheezy to me, that was a classic, we have no idea what to do with this character move. Right. And Wheezy, too. They didn't know what to do with her either. So they're like, you know, well, we'll just stick them together. That, that'll that work. Um, I, I I was really disappointed in that his, his character really 
had no purpose uh, in the end. You know, I liked the fact that they introduced him in the beginning. I always loved him. I thought he was adorable for one. And I just, I liked the, what he presented because he was the, you know, Norman was the mama's boy. And then Dylan was the one who fought, you know, he was the one who fought for, for normalcy. Yeah. You know, and, um, I, I liked that. I thought that was an interesting way to go. Only they didn't really go anywhere with it, and they just sort of dropped it, which was awkward. It just is very awkward because if you look on it, it he's not necessary. No, he, they, and I feel bad. You know, they rendered him unnecessary, and it's a shame because yeah. I, I, I was actually not okay with him being on the show. Period. I was like, what, nah, brother? What is what is this? Like, you know, once, right, once right. you heard that news, you were like, come on. You know, it's weird. They don't seem to know how to handle characters. Like, even that, that hot blonde girl that Norman slept with, she just disappeared for a season, then comes yeah. back and immediately gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, that, that they are doing amazing things with the main characters, but they never really seem to know what to do with the other ones. And they're always very disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have like I thought the Bob that Bob was a really interesting character. I liked him a lot. I'm sorry, uh, or I liked the storyline. Dated Norma, like the teacher was. Um, he was he was threatening her. No, the the rich guy, the one who was like with that chip or something, whatever the, for the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that that could go somewhere interesting. I liked his character, and then just man, you know, I loved Romero, and well, we see what happened there. Um, I mean, obviously that was leading up. To, I mean, there are certain places we have to go with this story because there is a place we have to end up. So he was sort of the byproduct of that. But I miss him now. I mean, I like, well, damn it, I loved his character. So yeah. it's just, um, but they have remained true with, with Norma and Norman, both of them. They've developed beautifully. So yeah, that's yeah i i really enjoyed all the characters and i i loved the guy bob because the whole flash drive storyline it created a real threat for norma there was like real stakes involved and the the tension yeah. was high so why is it oh well nothing ever came of it and she sort of got away pretty easily and he's he's gone okay uh, you know, it's just really yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, he was taken out, right? You know, we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, really? I mean, so, I, yeah, weird choices with the non-central characters. Unfortunately, I thought Dylan was going to be a central one. Then he just seems to, yeah, be off in the woods with this dad-uncle thing or whatever he had, whatever you call his dad. And that was nothing in a way because it's like well oh he just wants to literally hang out with norma he's not you know that threat is there she seems to not want him around and they really don't seem to know what to do with anyone besides norma and no they seem kind of like they're floundering at times or grasping or you know writing blindly um, right. when it comes to some of those things yet the show still manages to be amazing and that's because <sighs> the things that really do matter are so good yeah, so that's that's interesting. So, is the show perfect? No. Are the main focal points, is that almost perfect? Yeah. Yeah. The show's not perfect, though, because of everything we just said. I do know that some people have not watched season four. I'm going to give spoilers on it. I will try to timestamp this episode of The Skeleton Crew. I um, I sort of got away from that last year, but I'll do it if because... 
if you need to skip the rest of what we're going to say because you haven't finished season four, then go ahead and look at the timestamp and then skip everything we're going to say from here on in because we're going to give the whole big ending of season four and then we're going to talk about season five. You know, I remember the days when you either watched a show as it was running or you watched it in the summer reruns or you didn't see it at all and it was just, you were just shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. So if people wanted to talk about it, they talked about it because you missed out. And now I just it irritates me having to wait for stragglers. <laughs> yeah, it's like now every, everything's so convenient. Everyone's like, eh, it's okay. I'll get the Blu-ray one day. <laughs> I'll watch it in six or seven years. Until then, nobody's allowed to talk about it. <laughs> so... What happens at the end of season four is Norman eventually kills his mother. He does not do it the way classic Norman Bates did it with uh, putting strychnine or whatever it was into her tea and her boyfriend's tea. He just closes the vents and has uh, carbon monoxide fill the room. And he was going to kill himself. It was great. Yeah. He was going to kill himself too. I forgot what he did to Romero. Oh, he wasn't even in the house, right? And then he comes up and yeah, Romero him. came to try to save right. Norma, and then yeah, he gets killed in that in the process of that. Right. How does he get killed again? I don't know. I think he just attacked. They just fight. He... Did he just attack him and and I don't know. stab him? Did he stab? Fuck, I don't remember. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we don't remember. How did Romero get killed? Oh, you don't know either. <laughs> Brian doesn't remember either. Wow, isn't that, that's, that's kind of not good, right? That's kind of weird. Or maybe we were just so... No, I mean, I guess... I mean, we haven't watched it in like a year almost, right? I mean, it's been a long time. Oh, wait a minute. He's not dead. He's trying to prove that Norman... Like, because everyone thinks that it was... Wait a minute, he's not dead, is he? Oh, yeah. I don't remember him dying. So all this time I was thinking when I said, damn it, now I'm going to sound like a dumbass because what I said earlier... <laughs> But yeah, no, he's not He's not dead because he's trying to prove that Norman killed her. So it was a different way to do it, you know, not killing the boyfriend. And now, you know, Norman uh, survived, which is obvious. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Psycho and we wouldn't be doing this in the first place. Season five of Bates Motel, just like the Skeleton Crew, this is their final season. Just like us. We always said the best way to end this show would be to do whatever you got to do end it with the final scene is Marion Crane pulling up in that same car the same way she did in Psycho beeping the horn seeing the mom walking in the window which is him going to black I mean that would just be like bam holy shit now I gotta watch Psycho you know now what could they have done Oh, well, maybe they could remake Psycho properly with Freddie Highmore, but why bother? Because Psycho's already great, and I just don't know why, but I don't think anybody would, um... I'm talking about the general public. I don't think that they would all head to the theater to see... I don't see, like, you know, enough box office numbers being generated by having a TV show end it in a movie theater. You know, you know what I mean by this, or does that sound crazy? No. Like you don't think so, right? You don't think anybody would be clamoring, even though I suppose the viewers of the show would. But I just don't see that being enough to make it worth doing, right? I don't know. I doubt it. People have such a bad taste in their mouth after that last one that I don't think it would do well, even if they did. Even if people love this show, which they do, I just 
don't know if that would be enough to sustain it. And why bother? It's like, why? Yeah. I mean, that story's been told. It's been told, and it was told perfectly. You're not going to top Anthony Perkins or Hitchcock. Like, I'm sorry, am I missing something? Is there another Hitchcock running around that we don't know about? Because everybody knew the other one, <laughs> right? Everyone knew Hitchcock, so I think we would have known this if if that was happening. Um, Highmore is fine, but I don't think he brings the same thing that Nor- uh, that Anthony Perkins brought to Psycho or the Norman Bates. It's just too different. So I just don't see the point in making it a movie. I guess they didn't either, but they also didn't think our idea of her pulling up as the final scene was good enough. Now he has the dead mom in the the mansion. You know, she's going to do whatever, I guess, Norman did originally in the 1960 movie and, and even in the sequels. They're going to have Marion Crane pull up. That's going to happen. But guess what? Instead of making it a movie, they're going to turn the 1960 movie, I guess, into an entire season of a TV show. Yeah... Yeah, uh, it's not probably going to be the same. I guess we'll get the shower kill, but what's the second half of the season? Uh, Arbogast (laughs) trying to get him to trip up and say he did it? The other part, which we mentioned already, Rihanna, the singer, is Marion Crane, which reeks of desperate loser stuff because it's just like Busta Rhymes being in... Halloween, like getting singers and people who are already famous and, oh, well, they have fans, so let's get their fans to watch this. You know, like Lady Gaga being in uh, American Horror Story. Oh, well, she has 30 million Twitter followers, so if those, if she tweets that she's in these things, man, our ratings will go up because her little sheep are going to go watch. You know, that's all this is to me. I don't remember hearing Rihanna was an actress before this. Do you? I mean, it... no, not to my knowledge. Right. So I don't know why we have to do this. I think that's ridiculous. Why don't we just get a real actress in there to to portray such an important role? But whatever. So I'm not happy about this at all. Um, no, I mean, I'm just not happy about it taking that route. I mean, you know how I wanted it to end. I wanted to. I don't I don't see any reason to end it any other way. And like I said before, like in the original, you know, there's talk of other cars being down there that they found and, you know, apart from Marion's, um, perhaps other girls have gone missing. So why not use those, you know, have him do like give us this last season of him doing a couple things as Norma uh, to tie it all together, you know, and then have the very last thing be something everyone recognizes and then just end it there because we all know what happens after that we don't need to see it right and all you're doing now is changing it so now you're kind of taking away what we thought was cool that this is a prequel i mean obviously you know obviously this is taking place today their cell phones they cannot show enough iphones so obviously it doesn't really like loop into the original movie but no, but the story does, you the know. Story does. And people with two brain cells to rub together can can put that together just fine. Right. We could differentiate. We understand. No, uh, clearly Norman's mother was not running around trying to hide a flash drive before this 1960 movie started up. Uh, you know, we right? know <laughs> we know that. 
but at the same time, there's like a suspending, suspend of disbelief or suspend of whatever it is that would make it all still work. But now you're going to change everything with this season. Yeah. It could still be great. It could still be great. Well, we'll see, I guess. I'm not going to stop watching it because of that, but... And I'm going to still be sad to see it go, but this is something that we knew had a finite uh, lifespan. This show is a show that could only go so far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's nothing much to say. I mean, we don't have any solid... You know, people always hate when people um, have opinions before the thing came out. But that's what this show is. You're listening to a horror podcast, and... uh, (laughs) We have to be topical here, so yeah, we're trying to form opinions, but we're doing it. And like I said, the show might be great, so uh, I'm not. Yeah. It might be great. I'm just basically saying how I wish it would have ended. You know, that's how that was my how I envisioned it the whole time. Now this could still be really, really good. I'm going to give it a chance, of course, but I just think it would have been really, really good to do it the other way. All right, well, that was pretty cool. It was cool listening to that again. We recorded that uh, about two weeks ago. So, uh, Dan, now, hearing that, what what would you interject with this whole base Motel TV series? Um, not the uh, sheriff thing was standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We're going to get to that. But, no, first of all, I love, I love how you said in the beginning, dude. This is the best part, Alex. You were like, I'm dying to talk to Dan about Scream. I, I wonder, and you laughed, right? And you were like, I wonder if it's uh, if it's uh, everything you ever wanted out of a show. Because <laughs> it's fun. Well, dude, because, like, here's the thing, man. Bates Motel is so good, dude. And, and I was thinking about, like, you in particular, like, and, and so many people that love Psycho. Like, you got a excellent tv show and and we'll get into all the stuff that you guys talked about too in terms of like you know subplots not exactly going anywhere like it has its flaws but whatever uh, for the most part a damn good show which you guys said as well so i'll definitely i'll definitely um uh, say that you guys were right on with that but here's the thing with, with this show <laughs> like, like, if you put Scream up up against this show, like, it's laughable. Like, you got the great show, Alex. You you lucked out, man. You you got your movie turned into an awesome television show with high quality actors. With high that's qual- the thing. It's the actors, right? Everything. Well, I mean, it all. Well, yeah, that and the fact that just everything, dude, everything from like the cinematography to that show and and just all the the nods and everything. I mean, you could point out flaws, but like just the fact that they're doing it and they did it at that quality for that long. And like I was saying earlier, um, how they're ending it on a high note and and not going into season 12 is is so great. And and we'll get into Scream later, dude. But yeah, no, that just didn't happen for for Scream. The TV series. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. I just want to say, I'm glad you did compare the two now i gotta say here's some things that i felt bad for you with. <laughs> yes, let's do this <laughs> because i just blasted now i don't know if anybody knows but verizon went back to unlimited data right so i'm able to do whatever i want now while you know i'm on downtime at work mm-hmm. so i blasted we had uh there's like storm duty because it was like snowing a few weeks ago and stuff like that and let's compare things like uh just the setting oh Bates Motel, it really puts you exactly in the movie because you have the freaking 
Bates Mansion, you have the Bates Motel, you know, you have these things, you have Norman Bates, you have Norman's mom, which is an awesome prequel aspect, and things like that, you have the Bates Motel sign, you have, like, amazing things, just minimally like that, the setting, um, now, I think... The only thing that falls short is I believe that in the movies it's called Fairville is where the base motel is and here in this show it's like something else. I forgot what it is, but Pine something pine pine something like that. Pineview? No. Pine, maybe it is Pineview. I don't it but uh, I think it's something pine, but yeah. Um and you're right, your yeah, Fairville is the Okay. So now Scream, which I felt extremely personally disappointed with and i'm not even saying this it's a bad show but mm. this aspect of it it's not in woodsboro <laughs> yeah. you don't have the scream mask you don't have like nev campbell coming back or anything mm -hmm. uh, or even a character like her you don't have any character like billy loomis you don't have any character like the cousin in part two or three or whatever it was you don't have uh you, uh the, the school or anything that was in the movie you know like and and you don't have any they didn't even try to give you the music and it just it doesn't it to me it's not an expansion of scream like you could literally change the name of that show and i would think nothing of it but if you change the name of bates motel i'd say why is the psycho house in there and why is his name norman bates and why is there a bates motel you know like clearly there's a difference in that aspect now how did you feel oh, i shouldn't really ask okay yeah because I, I obviously we're talking about psych, uh, Bates motel here but real quick though how did you feel just right off the bat when all those things were lacking all those elements Oh, dude, it was a sad, sad day. But, like, here's the thing with that. I, I saw that coming just by the nature of what it was. Like, yeah, I, like uh, I told you before, man, Lost is one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, I had problems with that show, too, towards the end. Um, but I do love it. Um, same same people that did that, or a lot of the same. Or I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the key people that did that did Bates Motel. So they know how to do a show. Just that alone, like the showrunners, like right there, that says a lot. When I heard <laughs> Screams coming out on MTV, bro, I'm just like, oh, sweet, dude. Like, this is going to be great. Awesome. Well, it is the MTV generation kind of movie, though. It is, but, yes, but it's it's not. It's it's on MTV, dude. <laughs> like, that's all I got to say. Like, yeah, because that's not hopeful, right? Because, uh, listen, and, and I've watched Teen Wolf. I don't follow it that much, but it, it's okay. It is. It's good for what it is. And, and what, we're going to get into this whole Scream thing later. But, like, Scream for me, dude, I, I always had low expectations for it. So... And, and the same actually goes for Scream Queens, where I consider it literally, guys, like, I, I'll watch it. I, I enjoy it. I'll watch it every week. But it's my version of, like, trash TV, like the Real Housewives of whatever. Like, all those all those shows, Scream is my trash TV show. I like it. I, I realize it's bad. It's It has some of the worst acting by some people. Uh, the mother, dude, is the worst actor on that show. Are you oh kidding me? God. Just Destroys that show, dude. So, anyways, it really is. Yeah. It, but I do. I, I there are many things that I do like about the show that keeps me interested enough to keep watching. But, dude, like I, I feel 
guilty even comparing the two because I feel like I shouldn't even mention Scream in in in, in the same breath as Bates Motel, dude. Yeah, like for real. And 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 like you said, it's funny how you said that. How they can change the name of the town, they can fucking grow weed in their town, dude. It doesn't matter as long as you have those essential things to build around, and then you have good actors to do it. And like you said, that iconic set, like that's all you right. need. Throw a sheriff in there. Throw Norman Killen, like you guys said earlier, but random people fucking, you know, whatever, come coming back for for one episode, getting killed off. Like, dude, yeah, you, you can that. do all that stuff. I'm sorry, but you can you can get away with it. Which, yeah, but you still could get away with it, right? I, I want to say something about that too. That was a good point that you guys made about the show. So I, I guess I'll go back and recap, right? So. So seasons one through, I, I guess, three. Um, I like how you said it got a little silly towards, what was it, season two or three? Um, uh, I laughed out loud through most of season two, but in a good way, in a highly entertaining, maybe possibly uncomfortable laugh way, but I, I loved that there was, there was such a subtext of humor and Norman's reactions to things. Dude, season two is a laugh riot. Try watching it again and realizing that. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I just re- I just rewatched the whole series, dude, and this is why I love it too. So it's always been predicated upon how it's going to end, how this whole thing's going to shape up, and we're starting to see it. And that's why I love that season because it was so not over the top. I don't want to say that, but the humor, like you said, was so perfect, and and they did so many things, so many good ways that up until what was it, season four. And this is why um, I, I loved how you guys talked about Dylan too, because um, Dylan's my favorite character too. Like, he, like we said that I remember re- when we started those reviews. That's the one thing we said. We talked about that motorcycle scene, even with the two brothers. It was it was great, dude. It was like, oh, this is so hopeful. Great, he's probably gonna die. Here's what I'll say about Dylan, though. Now, even though he's been a little bit misused, I feel like um, ending in season five coming up, I think that he is going to play a bigger role just by the sheer fact that, that, I mean, look at all the people that are around Norman. Now you got him and, and um, what was it? Uh, Emma and they're together. So, you know, that plot line is going to intersect and, and uh, they're all going to be together. She's referred to as Wheezy. We <laughs> limp, limp lungs. Wheezy. Uh, well, Wheezy. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so I think he's going to play a bigger part and I do, I do agree that he was misused, but I feel like he's going to be a central part in the last season, like a big part. I, I hope. did too. I hope. I did. But- and, and I've got to tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I have to tell you that uh, when we, when Alex and I had our discussion mm-hmm. about what led up to, uh, as far as we'd gotten before this season started, I was, I kind of figured they were writing him out, like, you know, because they did the whole thing where he and Emma were moving to Seattle they put them together, and I thought, well, you know, that's a okay. That's a. Um, it seemed kind of out of nowhere, like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm suddenly, I'm in love with you, and uh, yeah, me too, and and then yeah, our whole lives have to change now. We're gonna right, and then I thought, well, okay, that's it. That seems like a desperate attempt to get rid of two characters they no longer need, <laughs> because Wheezy right. was gonna be in the way if she and Norman <laughs> were a thing. <laughs> And Dylan, they just didn't have anything to do with him. And that's exactly what I thought they were doing. I was like, well, all right, that's just we just need to get rid of these two characters. I know. Let's lump them together and move them out of the state. You know, Mm -hmm. job done. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think, you know, even though I think it's kind of cheap 
I thought that that's what that that's what they were doing. And honestly, yep. I love the show so much it didn't even bother me because right. I I love Norma and Norman. So I wasn't upset by it. I just kind of figured they had reached the end of the line with him. They didn't know what else to do. So they're like, well, we're getting him out. And uh, then, you know, I really feel like, no, I think they've, I think they have turned a corner and uh, it's going to be, they are going to be integral to the plot in the last season. And that makes me really happy because I didn't want them to cheap out, even though I didn't hate them for it. I fully thought that's what they were doing. I didn't want them to do it. So I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right in that um, that makes me happy. Well, Jamie, I agree with that 100%. I really do. Like, I, I was sad that the, I saw that. Like, that's a TV move, too, by the way. They do that all the time. Oh, usually, absolutely. Usually absolutely. in situations, though, you know what I'm saying, where they like, where, like I said earlier, they have TV shows going on for way too long. But in this situation, like you said, it it sucked, and I saw what they were doing, too. And I, I, th- I found that a little convenient, but, like, not really. Like, I've seen people do that before where, like, they've been friends, and, like, all of a sudden they're just like, I saw you. Like, I see that happen, dude, like, many times. So I don't think it's that much of a stretch, first of all. But I thought, like, I thought it was so powerful, and we'll talk about this episode coming up, but that, that first episode of the new season where that dude comes to his door and tells him, that you know that that no he he Norma's dead like and they've been oh they didn't know any of this like last he left it was pretty much in chaos like he was trying to get Norman in there and and it was it was craziness and and he just dipped out and then to find that out like oh no she's dead like he's like holy shit because he knows exactly what you know he found that that um what was it? Um, Emma's mom's uh, earring, right? Like he know he knows every step of the way, probably more than anybody, what's going on. And for him to find out and, and for for this to unfold, I, I I gotta say, like I was sad to see him go, but it's almost gonna be. I know, like you guys probably can assume that he's gonna get killed off. I would assume, and uh, that'd be great if they pull pull something on us where he lives. I would love that, but like I think they're both dead and. and and, and this is psycho. And this is why and this is why I go back to um like uh what you guys were saying about characters being killed off. I actually liked the Bradley Martin thing. I liked it how it kinda it played on um whether Norman's imagining things or not and and she came back and, and he killed her. But here's the thing I wanna say about that in terms of of killing people off like real quick and this at least they had a history like the show built up a history and yeah, they brought her back only for a short time to kill her off. But like, at least they didn't have people just randomly coming through the motel, Norman killing them. Like, yeah, it, that's it, true. Don't, you know what I mean? Like at least. And, and the, other shows would have done that. Right. They would just introduce people for one episode for the sole purpose of killing them. Exactly. And and this is why I'm like, wow, like, you know, you can poke holes through any show, through any movie really. But the greatness of this show just completely outweighs that stuff. And 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 like you said, is it forgivable? Like in my instance, and I'm assuming in you guys' too, all that stuff is like whatever. Like I can go with it because like you said, at the core, you love these characters and you love everything. And, and this is why, dude, two 
also with like season four, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it really slowed things down and just got to Norman and Norma. And, and it was all about them and, and Norman's jealousy and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and it really, it really reached like a fever pitch at the end. And, um, and we'll, I'll get to the ending in a minute too, but that whole season, I loved how they slowed it down. And I realized something I was like, Oh, I was like, I see what they're doing. That they're, they're taking away all the other crazy subplots with the weed and this and that like they don't need that shit anymore now we can get down to the core of it and that nitty-gritty oh right dude this is the good stuff bro and i i just love that whole season four i thought it was great and even with the dylan thing like i felt the same way but like i don't like you said jamie i didn't care i was just like whatever and yeah then- he's a back burner guy and i gotta say i loved him i really loved him in season one i i will always be sort of depressed in a way that they did what they did with him but like you said man with with vera and freddie highmore they're so strong that it really you almost put all the the uh shortcomings on a back burner just because it don't matter right Right. exactly (laughs) there's so much greatness dude yeah well let me ask you a question alex do you think that if they redeem his like do you think his character is redeemable if they bring him back in a good way for season five that justifies him leaving and being kind of written off um i don't know i would have liked my last three years of my life to be better with him but (laughs) at at the same time here's the reason i watch the show live so my you know three years of my life have been taken away with him but from here on in, I'll just be marathoning. So if I if I get that, just like our show with the bookend thing, you know, he's in the beginning, great, and if he's great in the end, then I, I could probably write out that middle part and say, well, I know what's coming. It's gonna be all great in the end. So it'll it'll heighten, it'll make me feel better about the whole situation. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And and speaking of the end, too, like you said, I mean, you guys are mentioning um, how, you know, you like the way that they did it. It was different from drinking the what was it? The the strict nine and the tea, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah, they changed that up. And and I love that. I I thought that was a little they could have done that a little bit differently in my mind. I I thought they were going to reach like a a craziness to Norman. It was very abrupt, wasn't it? But but they took a different approach. They they did. They did it like, well, this is like Norman. This isn't Norma. Do you know what I mean? Like this is basically his personality now. And like, you know, and and he's making decisions by himself and, and he's doing things not as Norma as Norman as he's turning those things did you guys get that or not like i know you got it, obviously but did you guys take that from that or uh not really no did... I, I i'm too stupid though to to realize that kind of stuff. when he's when he's closing all those vents though i mean i just I, I i always go back and forth with this actually so i'm curious as to what you think but with with towards the end there when he's jealous of his mother and all that, like that's Norman. That's not his his blackouts. That's not Norma. He's not acting as a different person. He- I was just too confused at why it's so abrupt. Like I I actually didn't realize that we're at the part where he's killing his mom. Right, right, right. You right. know, like I was like, well, what is happening here? Uh, and then <clears throat> then it happened. You know, I obviously knew he would do it, but I don't know. I was just it was so abrupt to me. Mm-hmm. That I, it was just jarring to me, and I was just trying to wrap my head around. Well, what? How is he even killing? What's he doing exactly? And this kind of that kind of thing. So, 
to, for me to think that, you know, oh, now he's making decisions. No, nah, man, uh, I'm too stu. I was still at the point where I'm wondering why <laughs> it's happening so quickly. Well, and, and I don't know. I just I, I always thought that with, with this show, too, it was going to go a certain way. I don't know why, but I always thought that it was going to end very violently. I didn't think it was going to end with him poisoning the tea. Like, I always thought that she'd get thrown down some stairs and, oh, I didn't mean to. And, and he'd totally regret it and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, that the way that they went, it, it is abrupt. I, I agree. But it, there was also towards the end, especially with this jealousy leading up to this, there was also like a creepiness to it where i thought the show really got 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 well and they nailed it with that where i i think you're right it was a little abrupt but i was like oh wow this is this is how they're doing it this is how they're okay and like i said like we I, came for, sorry good no go ahead oh i just think that it's this one way that there's there's things that are forgivable and there's that i don't think that that's a thing where it's like oh i can't believe they did it that way or whatever i always thought that she'd either fall down some stairs or get stabbed or something like i don't know something great like norma versus norma you know what i, I mean? love like, the way they did it i think it right. was it was I, a beautiful moment it was it was so well i i don't i can't even describe it when i was watching it because the thing I love about this show is that you know what's coming. Mm, right. There are things, there are certain inevitable things that have to happen right. because it's part of the psycho world. You know, there are things that just have to happen. Norma's death is one of those. You know, it, how they do it doesn't really matter, but it has to happen. So I like the fact that this show does things that you're expecting it to do but doesn't necessarily do them the way you're expecting them to happen. So we know how in the original story she actually died, and they decided, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And what they did was like a symphony to me. I mean, right. that, entire, that entire sequence when you're watching uh, with, like, the music and then you're watching, the, you're watching it travel through the vents, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it just... Oh, wow. I thought that was so beautiful. Well, it was in, in a very dark way, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful tragedy. Well, and guys, <clears throat> too, um, one thing I've always I've always liked Romero um, last season, like you love him, you know, like I love yeah. him. Like I loved his character to, to see it from his perspective when he came in and saw Norma and he's crying, man. I felt for that guy so much. I was like, wow. I was like, this is some powerful stuff. Like at, at this point, I was yeah. bawling. Right? I, I was I was just a goner. It it and it broke my heart because look, you this is a couple that you knew um that they had that they felt for each other and even though mm -hmm. they were arguing all the time or even though it was like, you know, meh, you know, um mm -hmm. or it ended up being like a convenience <laughs> thing. Right. You knew. I mean it was kinda like, you know, yep. red and scarlet in a way. Right. And um yeah. and I knew he really loved her. And right. so that tell, moment, yeah. it just it broke my heart. Like it, it just was so, and she really loved him. Like she right. was so right. happy, so for happy. once, you know, yeah. for once. Like she had the opportunity to actually be normal, and um, it was so incredibly sad to me. I mean, it just. Uh, so I love how I mean the show did such a good job of making you give a damn knowing that they're about to rip them out of your lives right, you know right, <laughs> right. Like, well and and also jimmy care 
Guys, think about this too from from a, a writing perspective too. Now, this was actually brilliant the way they did this because first of all, think about everything that's happened. There are eyes on Norman. The sheriff knows that. They did that in a way where it could be misconstrued as an accident. And if it was, like I said, if it was a, a, a stabbing situation or, you know, and everybody's looking at Norman, that would completely change things. And they sent Norman, uh, like, he was at a fucking uh, uh, a place. He was sent away. Like, he was literally, like, insane. And they knew it. And, you know, and. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. He had, well, he couldn't stab himself. So the problem is, and here's, and here's the thing I want to talk about, an aspect that is kind of maybe odd not that i'm complaining but the whole point of the thing was that and the whole point of the method he chose was so they could both die correct correct so so now that he's not dead you would you know one would think that he might go well i'm gonna kill myself because i didn't want to be alive without my mom but it it seems like the furthest thing on his mind taking well because he doesn't have to be because now she's there all the time Oh, so maybe he just didn't think that that would happen. Yeah, I think he didn't. Uh, I, I think he, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was not a scenario that he right. had pictured. But now that he's in that, I mean, he's living an ideal life in his head. Well, I loved how it took a while to get there, though. That whole episode oh, where yeah. he prepped up. Oh, that was so good. Like, he was, like, you know, waiting for her. And finally, right at the end when he was about to fucking shoot himself. That was a big moment. Like you said, that speaks to exactly what you said, Alex. And, and, and Jamie, you too, where it's just, oh, my God. Like, this is, he he wanted to kill himself. And, and right at that moment where he said, you know what, fuck it. That's where uh, that's where the courage came in, or or whatever you want to call it, normal, whatever the fuck, and uh, stopped him right at the end. And now she's there for good. And I, I also loved how they they played with the with Norman's fucking psychotic episodes, like Norma Norma playing against that almost. Like, yeah, I'm in this house all day now, Norman. Like, dude, are you kidding me? This is great. I like how they're arguing with you. Like, he can't even He's arguing he can't even imagine a good conversation with his mom, you know? It's like they're still bickering. Exactly, dude. Like, dude. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I was, she's like, well, I can't leave the house. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, how about that, guys? What do you think of the idea that, that they're playing? Okay, so, guys, now we're talking about season five. Uh, spoilers uh, for season five. What do you guys think about the way he's talking to his mom in a, in a way where he... He knows she's dead. See, this is different. This is not... You do realize that this is not the psycho canon or whatever you want to call it. Because there was never a time that Norman spoke to his mother in any way, shape, or form. He was Norman the entire time. I mean, he spoke to her, but it was the kind of... He was speaking to a corpse. He wasn't... He never thought she was alive... See, it's weird. It's it's hard to describe this. Are you were you referring you were referring to in the movies, right? Yeah, because in the movies she's well. You hear him have those conversations, like in the first one. You right. hear him have the conversations where he's like, like shut "Mother, up, shut up!" Yeah, exactly. And she, he's like, "Mother, blood! Oh my god!" You know, and um, so he is. Or and then when he's taking her to the cellar, and he, she's like, "I don't want to be in the fruit cellar," and he's right. like, you know, and he's having an actual conversation with her, even though he's toting her corpse downstairs. Right. Now that's different, though, than picturing her cooking breakfast and sitting. Right. You're right about that. I mean, I, I but I guess we don't know what was in his head. 
you know, if maybe right. when he was but, carrying her corpse downstairs, maybe he was actually picturing her alive. Well, well then, well, here's the thing. She's never sitting in the kitchen, though. Like, she's not sitting at the table. No, she's always in the bedroom. Right. So, like, even Tiffany was like, well, then who's making breakfast? Like, is he making it ahead of time? Is he even eating? Like, what is exactly happening here? Like, we, and then when he leaves the kitchen, didn't it look, like, all old and disheveled? Yeah, he didn't like, do oh, it. Yeah, there was fucked. nobody I mean, cooking eggs. So what's he doing? Just sitting there pretending to eat and all that kind of stuff? And He, pro- uh, he probably makes some toasted cheeses here and there, but uh, on top of that, Toasted though, cheese sandwiches. Dude, but, but here's the thing, like, the thing is, like, okay, so... <laughs> He's a, but with, with all these developments, like how they change things, right? Like how they change things with the yeah, they're changing things. But dude, don't. Uh, I know the movie is great, but don't you think they have to do that, like to expand on storytelling? Like, what are you gonna just have this guy talking to himself for fucking five years and you don't see anything? And I mean, dude, I think it's it enriches the storytelling. And I'm not saying it's better than the movie. I just think it's a different take, and you have to do a different take in order to flesh out a show yeah. um, exactly and dude i love it i love the way they do it I, i'm not gonna come late because i got vera farmiga back but like, what the hell do i care exactly bro yeah like i don't know guys i just i think this is a near perfect show i mean when i say near perfect obviously it's got its flaws but we like we said like you forgive a lot of that stuff and to me it just it, it just hits me man i love it there's so much about the show that i love and and i'm so excited for the new season too and uh, are we talking about the new episode a lot now or are we just talking okay. can we get into now there's an aspect dude i know and even jamie must have cringed because as much as we hate it, we're all familiar with the remake of the Psycho, right? Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh god, I even I did, I know exactly where you're going, and I even said during that scene, I said, Jesus Christ, why'd they have to Vince Bonnet? Right. Wait, wait, what are you guys talking about? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, oh, we're gonna get right now. We're gonna get into it. Right? I think we're talking about the same thing, though. So, guys, there is a moment in this show where, oh my god, I thought, man. They should have stopped one year earlier or something because... So now Norman looks through his peephole when these this couple goes into uh, cabin one. And they're doing something. I don't know if they're showering. I forgot. Oh, maybe they're rolling around in bed. Yeah, Is that fucking... Like that. Yeah. Norman begins to masturbate while he's looking at them. I didn't he- even realize it, dude. Dude, you know how you said you're stupid earlier? I'm so, I didn't even... I, you know I, he was doing They it? even no, go I, so far as to make no. him, like, make it obvious that he's having to fix his pants when he goes to answer the phone when his mother calls. Right. You know, right. it's... Oh, I noticed like, it. No, no, don't get me wrong. I noticed it. I didn't just... It just didn't register that that was from the remake or anything. Like, that was... Like, I, that's I don't know why... I mean, I, we know that, I guess, that that's what he's going to do. But why do we... I, I don't know. I don't that. know. I don't. But know. that's not ever what he did. Because look, here, here, this is the whole debate. I don't, oh, here it comes. I love this. I love it when you talk about this because I think you nail it so perfectly. So go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you remember that? Wow. Yeah. The reason Norman really should never masturbate or do any this makes <laughs> zero sense, and it made zero sense in the remake, is because as soon as these thoughts enter his mind, is when mother intervenes takes over and he kills these women like that that whole thing that's you know her hold over him and it's always been you know with girls this and that the other thing mm-hmm. that should happen now jamie here's what i was gonna say the saving grace 
do you think that it was just a delayed effect because like we're supposed to think oh you Vince Vaughn it you totally missed the whole point of how he becomes mother it's when these urges kick in and stuff like that and yet in this show he starts playing with himself but about a minute into it mother rings that phone and cuts this shit short mm-hmm. do you feel that that redeems this this complete faux pas i do i do mm. uh, and because i don't think he actually got to that point yet i think what we saw him doing was getting into his pants i don't think we actually because uh, he just wasn't doing it long enough so to to, to really get going and yeah, he's so probably I, just getting it hard. I think yeah. he was just getting ready, he and then his, and then at that moment, <laughs> and when the when the phone rang, I was at for, for a split second when the phone rang, I was like, ah, oh, geez, you know, because we didn't know who it was on the other on the other end. When it turns out it was mother, I was like, yes, like you, thank you, you know. So they immediately turned it around for me. Okay, because um, I was very upset. I was very upset in the beginning. Just because I was like, if you do this, you're you're fucking it up. Um, and so then when she interrupted, I was like, oh, thank God. You know, so I, I feel like they do get it. Like they do. They're attempting to do it right. Whereas in the remake, it was just too off the mark, you know, because so he clearly got all into it. You know, like, mother, why is it showing up? You know, I mean. Well, that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Like, it's weird. The remake is shot for shot, yet every single thing they added to it was wrong. <laughs> you know, like, every decision was terrible. But, like, you know what? Stick to your shot for shot. Did you guys, did I mention to you guys before that I had recently read the novel? Like, no. as in a couple months ago? Um, Brian has these really beautiful editions of Psycho 1 and Psycho 2 that are signed. And, um... He was like, oh, you know, read this. And so we read the first one. And I had never read the second one before, so I, I read the second one. second one is not good. I, I, really? I am not mm. a fan. Um, it's, <laughs> it was written in the 80s. <clears throat> it just takes the story in a weird direction that I just don't think is all that interesting. And there's a lot of gratuitous violence and stuff. I mean, that, I don't have a problem with violence. Was it the, the late whole. 80s? Was it like but, Norman Takes no. Manhattan? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it was more like the early 80s, but it was um, it was just I think he was I think Robert Block was attempting to cash in on either he was trying to beat the psycho sequel by writing a book, uh, you know, or he was trying to cash in on the psycho coming back into the. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I know, yeah. He was trying to knock your block off. I just didn't. I just didn't, didn't really care <laughs> for the second one. But the first one is amazing. Like the first one uh, was so good. Uh, so is if anyone it hard out there, to picture Norman though, because I know they keep describing him as like a fat forty-year-old guy with glasses, balding. Like, do you just try to eliminate that and think of Norman Bates? I well, it's interesting because when I was reading the book, I I did actually picture him the way that they described him. I just I just go along with with what the author says, but at the same time, the mannerisms and uh, you know the demeanor are Anthony Perkins in my mm. head. So it's, it's weird. Right. It was it was kind of a weird amalgamation of the two. But um, 
it's really, really good. Uh, so if anyone out there has not ever read the Psycho novel, I, I recommend it because it, there are some slight differences. But for the most part, uh, the, the film is very true to the story. And uh, it's really, really good. And it's a quick read, too. Um, it's not mm. like a giant tome. I like know. those. So, um, and it's, it's just, it just, you just sail right through it because it's, it's really good. But, um, does he jerk off in that, in the novel? No. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. No. I was actually trying to remember. I was actually, that's what made me think of it is I was like, I was trying to remember what actually happened in the novel and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't place it. Oh, good. But, um, though, that's what made quick. me think, that's what made me think about the fact that I read it. Right, right, right. Well, so what did you guys think, though, going back a little bit about how he um, made that hole? I thought that scene was iconic originally before the uh, the Rihanna thing or the Rihanna and uh, Loomis thing. And we'll get to that in a minute, too. But I forgot how he made the hole, actually. He took a knife and he just slowly carved it while watching Norma and the sheriff. Oh, you know, me and Jamie have a weird stigma about this show. It's true. It's true. Yeah. As much as we love it, we can't remember anything about it. No, but that's what, like, even when you said the jerking off thing, like, I, I, I remember it, but that didn't register to me. So to, you're preaching to the choir here, brother. But yeah. I don't no. know what it is. And it, this is like the only, I absolutely love this show. This is one of my favorite shows right. on television. Bar none. Period. Hands down. No questions asked. I, I fucking love this show. And I can never remember what happens from one season to the next I can never, I mean, it's bizarre. And I, this is the only show that ever happens with. I, I don't understand it. I, like, And Brian's the same way. And apparently Alex and Tiffany are both the same way too. So what the hell is it about that? Do they hypnotize you or something? <laughs> yeah, like when What's Romero was, a, I, I don't know why Romero's in jail. I have no idea. I know they punched Norman in the face and that's it. I don't really remember why they he'd be arrested though. It was a stupid subplot where uh, the the he stole the money from Bob there and the the girl wanted it and he gave it to the girl and she was part of the bank and Oh yeah. Yeah, that whole stupid I don't even fucking know, dude. That, oh, so he got in trouble messing with her? Yeah, something like that. Something happened where uh, something I don't know, dude. Something to do with that and yeah, he got in trouble for it or whatever. So yeah. But like Oh, wow. That that's another thing though that I I actually didn't um I didn't see how that was going to play out when I found out, you know, in that first episode back there when Norman's having flashes of of killing that dude because he's like, oh, should I blacked out again? Yeah, what was that all about? So that was Romero at the end. Uh, Romero sent that dude to kill Norman. And it reveals that at the end because he's going to dump the body and the dude's cell phone rings and it's Romero calling from jail. So well, how about this? Who who actually killed the guy who was going to kill Norman? How did Norman evade a gun like how come the guy didn't just shoot him as he walked up to him or something like i don't understand how norman got to kill him i think i i don't remember how the scene played out but he did something yeah you're right yeah in, in his mind his mom killed him or something right i yeah <laughs> once again i'm not sure i guess the real question though that i've been dying to talk to you guys about is the whole uh sam loomis thing and i'm not talking about halloween oh man Dude. I, th I thought we'd get into Donald Pleasance for an hour. Oh, dude, dude this isn't fucking the Halloween 6 show, Alex. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, the curse <laughs> of Michael J. <Jay. laughs> 
Yeah, the Curse of Michael J was the 2015 Skeleton Crew. <laughs> Do I have to listen to those episodes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because those are some of our best stuff. Yeah. Oh, good. Right. Even though he's in it, don't worry, I cut him out as much I was as I just could. Well, I mean, I'm sure you cut him out. I mean, you didn't have to do much, I'm sure. I mean, he wasn't exactly a spark plug. Yeah, it wasn't really chatty, thank God. <laughs> That's one reason the show survived. It's almost like Seven on Married with Children, like the kid who they didn't let talk too much. Or right. there, he just wasn't there half the time. Yeah, he kept dipping out, so that was really cool. That's some of the best moments. Come on, get, to be fair, guys, he's got a busy schedule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Absolutely. Okay, so so what did you guys think about that though? Because they they really switched up the uh, a big plot point with that, and I want to know first of all your feelings on it, and second, I of actually all... don't remember it. <laughs> really? I I feel like I remember the name Sam Loomis, but and I told Tiffany this is who it is, but I don't remember what he did. Okay. Oh, oh, I know, I know. It was the uncomfortable moment when he was just trying to get a room and Norman was being all weird, right? That and the fact that Norman at the hardware store met Sam Loomis' wife. Wife. Who looks yeah, just like Norma. Which he, which he didn't have in the original didn't. story because he was going to marry Marion. Also, in at the end of, or rather later on in the Psycho story, he ends up marrying Lila, uh, which was Marion's sister. That's hot. Um, and <laughs> then he's banging who, who in the original story, you know, he does all the investigating with, you know, when Lila comes out to try to find her sister, he starts helping her. And then, you know, later on in the story, uh, they end up getting married, like in book <laughs> two. Uh, but Jesus. anyway, the the so it's all messed up, you know, like it's all like they just went all over the place with it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm watching Madeline and I don't know why her name's Madeline, but I'm watching Madeline and I'm going, what? Why would you cheat on her? Right. You know, because she's adorable. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm actually going to reserve my opinion until we get more of it, Dan. Because I don't have too much. I don't have too much to say about Sam right now or the paint girl or whatever. Or whatever she was doing. Was it paint that Norma was buying? I don't even remember. Yes. Yep, it was paint. Well, did you also realize, though, that they'd never showed her in the hotel, but when Norman's beaten off to them, that is Marion Crane's character. So that changes everything. I thought it can't be Marion. I thought it's uh, it's Rihanna. Oh, it is Rihanna. Yeah. So that's Rihanna. Because the the reason I know that too, and I did know that that that's where they were going with it. They showed it in the preview for the next episode. That that was. Oh, her. I don't watch previews. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Oh my god. So they didn't show her, but I you always knew that it is her because of of. I don't know. I just figured that anyways. Believe it or not, I assumed it was her. I right. That's what was, okay. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. But I, I didn't get no confirmation. What do you think, though? Guys, like, they changed everything. Like, I this is what I was thinking of, too, guys. Now, with all the subplots, right, with the weed and, 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 and everything else, really, I don't even want to get into all of them. So I'm thinking more about Psycho the movie and how she stole the money. And obviously it's a different story because we follow her and then obviously Nor- Norman or whatever. I kind of like that they're taking a different approach to it and it doesn't involve money. Like, we just dealt with a bag of money with Sheriff Romero. We dealt with more money before that. Um, <laughs> right, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, it's it's been done before. I feel like there's so much more you can do and her just showing up because clearly Norman don't give a fuck about money, dude. Like, really. I mean, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, he seems to make a good living. Right? With the motel. Did you guys notice, too, um, I, I read somewhere that um, the time jump, it's a two-year time jump. Um, from what? season season four to five. I didn't know that. Yeah, I read that, dude. Yeah, it's two year time. Well, yeah, they 
Right, with Dylan and the kids. They talk, yeah, they talk. Well, yeah, because Dylan has a baby now. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And then Romero so has been in R- Romero has been in prison for that long. How, how long did babies take to get there? Like two years, three years, Jamie? I don't even know these things. Oh, was babies it? take nine months to cook, <laughs> but that baby was clearly older than than you know just born. So just you know, a, I'm so stupid. I I thought that they were just rushing a show along. Like I didn't get. Is there an obvious confirmation about this, or you just read this? Somewhere? So I read it. Um, I believe somewhere pretty official. And and is it on screen though at any point in any way? No, it's not. And I was looking for it, but yeah, it's a two year time jump. And yeah, baby. Baby and yes, exactly. Right. Well, plus they talk about Romero when Romero is in prison. They talk. They talk yep. about him having been there oh, for two years. Good. See that? Okay, that is on screen. Okay. So it is. <laughs> I said no because I'm an idiot. Yeah. So but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, but we at the same time in the beginning when we were watching it, we're like, how long is this? How long has it been? You know, because when you first see the baby, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I like, was, whoa. I was reading like a full review. And Norma looks good for two years later. You know. She did, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Um, well, and did did he end? Up, so this is another thing that I was curious about, guys. When he goes and digs up her body or whatever, you know, and he, he gets back to the house. Okay, so I thought that was whatever, but I thought I thought they were going to go a different way with it when they still like. What was that whole subplot with the um, with the. Uh, Oh, the hillbilly knowing about it? No, no, no. Oh, I, I actually love uh, what's his name? Chirp. Opie. Well, no, what's his name? Yeah, I know Opie, but uh, I don't know. I, I forget his name. Opie. So the other one with the, with the with the funeral home family, like I didn't get it. They they in, they introduced this whole subplot where the sister she was like the big thing, and the brother was jealous, and then they go back, and he. So I thought they were going to a place where he was going to befriend her, and that's how he was going to get the body back because she was a weirdo. Like I don't remember that. I thought it was clear as day. I was like, that's clearly where they're going with this, and then he just digs up the body, and then they drop that character totally. I mean, unless they bring. I don't it. remember that either. So, yeah, so, yeah, thank God you just watched all this. Thing. Do you remember when Romero comes in to the funeral at the, and he punches Norman? Remember? Yeah. Because Norman's the only one. Now, he sets up, he sets up uh, a meeting, obviously, with uh, the, the funeral parlor with the father and son. And he's talking to, you know, um, oh, no, I'm going to be the only one there, blah, blah, blah. And they, he's like, can I see the body? And they bring him back there and he meets the, and they're, they're hyping up this girl, like talking about this girl character. And uh, and I don't know, like I said, they, they might do something with it, though. That was last season, though, the last episode of last season. So if if they drop that totally, it, it's going to be weird. But I'm thinking maybe they can bring a character back or something. But why would they set it up? I don't know. I'm confused by the whole ordeal. And I've gone cross-eyed. I think we should do – yeah, we obviously got to wrap <laughs> this segment up. But we, we should do a – we should have a, a side cast, like a Bates Motel Season 5 and we just release it every single week. Obviously, we have no time for that, but it would be cool to do that because I think that's the only way Jamie and I are going to remember everything that happens every week if we have to, like, regurgitate it and re- talk about it again. Like, that's the only way because, oh, my God, dude. You're talking about stuff. I feel like, are we watching the same show? No, well, but fortunately, we, we, we talk about this uh, every episode on even episodes. <laughs> yeah, um. look, and you're still here. Look at this. So you guys, I know exactly. I mean, like you think I would be able to remember better since we talk about it all the time. But um, you guys should come on and do that segment with us sometimes. Yes. Oh, oh, Jamie, don't even get me started. Don't even perpetuate Merriman's craziness. So he, 
he, he's he's a co- <laughs> he's a co-host on Cut to the Chase, right? And I'm like, yeah, to watch. So we got that to watch. This motherfucker watches everything. He's like, yeah, uh, have you seen out Riverdale? I'm like, the the Archie show? Yeah, the Archie show. I'm like, is Veronica there? Oh, everybody's there. You got to watch that show. We should watch that show. Oh, I got these four episodes of this underground Chinese show. It's a new show. Uh, nobody's. It's not even released yet. Like he's so crazy with it. He's like watches everything, dude. It's like it's so. Don't even don't even get me started on uh on 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 evil episodes, Jamie. You guys are crazy over there. Yeah, I did. You guys watch so much stuff. It's like it's yeah, it's, impressive. it's nuts. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> it's it, what is. it is, dude. It's, it's kind of awesome though. I love it. Well, yeah. speaking of nuts, Norman Bates is nuts, and we can't wait to see. That's a segue. We can't wait to see <laughs> what he does. Nice. And the rest of season five, Bates Motel. Hi, this is Kim Coach. You listen to the Skeleton Crew, and keep listening, or else. Science couldn't explain it, but there it was, alive in the deep, deep waters of the Amazon. A throwback to a creature that had existed a hundred million years ago, immensely strong and destructive. A woman's beauty, the bait that brought it out of its lair. See underwater thrills never photographed before. See titanic underwater battles never dreamed of before in this most terrifying of the science fiction adventures. Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954. Yes, guys, it is the Skeleton Crew, and we're, we time-warped back to 2013, apparently. <laughs> we are... Continuing our uh, classic Universal monster movie reviews, uh, that was a favorite of people, that whole thing we did back then, and I'm so glad because that's what I started with with horror, so it's really cool that um, people actually liked it because I sort of felt that uh, I was sort of just... Uh, ent- entertaining myself <laughs> with those, you know? <laughs> well, can, can I say something about that, dude? Can I tell you... That every time I go by Turner and it's a it's a movie that, you know, that you guys are fans of and that I recognize from you guys loving it, that bitch ain't moving. That's on Turner for the duration. Like I've I've had such a, a, a new appreciation for those old school movies. Not even and I'll be honest with you, like you you know my my stance on it, how you know, like they they're obviously old and to me they're they're hokey, but like I almost love them more because of it. So just give you that little tidbit, nice. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved your whole perspective on those because me and Jamie were so familiar. I was borderline obsessed, and you were new to it. So it was really the perfect uh, chemistry. Borderline might not be strong enough. <laughs> I, so- <laughs> I am flashing back to you as a 12-year-old doing an interview with your grandmother <laughs> and making a radio show. What, 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 what? Did you watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Was it a football movie? <laughs> you are oh, so God. cute. I just, I love that. That's cool. I'm going to say with Jamie, I'm starting to put things together with you too after five years. And I'm going to say that uh, the only, now Jamie, this is like your, Favorite of the classic Universal monster movies? Yeah. Okay. I think it's and obvious. I'm sure you can guess why. 
Yeah, Dan. I mean, put it together. Her favorite horror movie, and then this being her favorite Universal classic. What do the two have in common? Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank here. Give me a hint. Well, Jaws is her favorite movie, right? So. Right. And this. Uh huh. I'm not. (laughs) What do the two killers have in common? They're both aquatic. Yes. Oh, is that it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what was... Oh, dude, I can't believe you just said that the Not whole Not only time. that, but, yeah. uh, I mean, th- you're about to... Br- I mean, Alex, you just almost accidentally breached a lot of the comments I'm, that I was going to make about this movie from the music. <laughs> oh, John, does John Williams do the music? No, no, no. John Williams didn't do the music. <laughs> I was like, what, was he 12? Three different... <laughs> no, it was done by three different people. Henry Mancini being one of them. Oh, well. Hans J. Salter and Herman Stein all did the music for this movie. But it was... The interesting thing about this score is it was a compound score, which meant they pulled... One guy did, like, the exciting parts. One guy did the more fluid romantic parts. One guy did... You know so what I'm saying? So it was... They took all of those pieces and put them together. And... Which is a very old school way to do scores. Now, but the parts that I'm talking about are particularly the scene the first time the creature gets shot with the arrow or with the yep. uh, spear. Yep. There is a very clear dun 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 dun. Oh, I wow. mean, it oh. completely John Williams. And I want to say, uh, I have never heard this. No one's ever talked about this that I know of. But I would bet money that he took that because Steven Spielberg wanted him to. Because if you look at the shots throughout this film and compare them to the the shots in Jaws, there are so many that mirror each other. Her swimming, a lot of the underwater shots of her swimming are just dead on. Now, if you watch the the Blu-ray documentary about this film, it, um, it actually mentions Jaws. Only in that it was, you know, Jaws made a was a blockbuster based on a water-based creature that killed people. It did never, ever, ever compare the two. It did show you a side-by-side of two of the swimming scenes that are similar, but it never mentioned it. They never said the words. And I've been saying this for years oh. that I think this was – that Jaws was basically Steven Spielberg homaging creature – and just never being very open about it. Like, yeah, not he's not doing it in a, right. in a Tarantino way where people notice it right away. But um, go yeah, back yeah. and go back and watch Creature again and listen to the music, specifically in the exciting parts. And I'm telling you, you cannot miss it if you are looking for it. You can't well, miss that, it. That exciting music, first of all, I died laughing every time that. Oh, the da da! Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, like when it by the fifth time, because it happens a lot. It's like 127 dude. times. Exactly, exactly. But, but Jamie, it's so funny that you said that too, because the whole time, I was like, I gotta mention Jaws. I don't even know in what way. It just everything about it reminded me of Jaws. You yeah, know what I mean? There's a like, reason for that. There is there is a reason for that. And yes, Alex, you are correct. That uh, that is my favorite Universal film, in large part because of how much it reminds me of Jaws, which is my all-time favorite film. Also, I just, I, I I feel for the creature. I feel, you know, this was sort of an early uh, environmental piece. Uh, oh, yeah, it's true. You know, when hey, he Jamie, made this. Hmm? 
I haven't talked to you in a while, but um, last summer I went over on um, on to uh, Martha's Vineyard for a bachelor party, and I jumped off the Jaws Bridge. I was going to do a video, actually, from it. I was going to do a Facebook Live from it, but uh, uh, things got pretty chaotic. But no, I, and then me and my buddies, two of my buddies anyways, the, all the other ones were just making fun of us, but we started reenacting the scene of the kids in the boat. So, yeah. uh, from Is that from part – oh, from – well, when they he hopped over to the lagoon, uh, what was it? When uh, he's in the pond, when he's pond. in the pond, that that's technically where the where the bridge is from. Like okay. that, it was that scene that the bridge is from. So yeah, well, so, sorry. So I thought of you though. No, you're fine. I, not only that, Alex, but you are familiar with Revenge of the Creature, I assume. Uh, you know what? I'm not familiar. I have watched it, and now I'm more into it. Believe it or not. Well, here's what I wanted to. Uh, don't lose your train of thought. But I just want to say this, uh, because it leads into what you're saying. Um, I just want to say real quick that <clears throat> this was one of my least favorite Universal monster movies. I completely dismissed it. Uh, I watched this two times before this new time for this recording. And it, to me, it was just like, uh, okay, that was boring. Or it just, you know, it was a fall by the wayside movie. I was like, yeah, it looks cool, but I mean, it's not a good movie or anything. It's kind of stupid. And it just wasn't all eventful or interesting to me at all i just did not get it jamie never really was that vocal about how much she loved it but it came up so many times in the last two years because people have been asking us for that review and then jamie began to say you know oh i would love to do that you know and that so this is actually a big show for a lot of people because you know not only you know dan coming back onto the show but because they have been asking for this review for uh, years now. And I don't know why we didn't. I think we always said we're gonna, 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 but just never got. Yeah, there's no real reason we didn't get back. And believe it or not, for this final season of the Skeleton Crew, I would like to uh, do a good amount of Universal Classics, if you guys don't mind. Uh, yes, you know, I short, would love. Yeah, just short. You know, nothing major like we did before. Uh, but I just definitely like to talk about a lot of them. Um, but so this time around, when I watched this, uh, I don't know if like the, it was quiet enough or I was in the right headspace. I didn't have to think about work. I wasn't thinking about anything really. And I just got to watch this and really pay attention and take notes. So obviously more focused on what's happening. And man, I got to say that this was entertaining throughout the whole thing. It's never boring. And it... I by the time this ended, I said, "Oh my God, I have a new favorite Universal guy." Oh no! What? Oh yay! Oh, that makes me happy. That's a statement. That makes me happy. I I have statues of this guy with my Universal shelf I got in my house. I got like you know his whole legacy collection. I I have a couple things of him and um, I just put it there because he was part of the thing. I really Universal, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't care about having it, but now I'm like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I have this stuff. Oh, you know, and now, like Jamie said, now this leads back into your question. You talked about, uh, and one of the main reasons I didn't care about him is because the second movie, I didn't think, again, that was probably, I thought, worse than the first one, and I'm sure it technically is, obviously, but um, then I think I tried to watch the one where oh, he's like... Oh, the creature walks among us. Yeah, and all I remember is I'm literally walking around a boat or something, and that's all I remember. And he's wearing normal people clothes and stuff. Yeah, because well, he becomes more human in that one. And I actually have never seen that one. What? The, the creature's it. wearing clothes? Dude, yeah. I, th- I think that's why I'm thinking of that we should probably 
watch them and then talk about them. Now we yeah. <laughs> I Oh, and dude, I just because... read Bill Paxton died. I'm sorry. That's oh, horrible. my God, really? Oh, no, dude. Jesus Christ, Bill Paxton died? Oh, man. Really? Oh, my God. That bums me out. I'm so sorry, Jamie. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, it's... That's... that's... Uh, wow. Wow, Chet? Chet from Weird Science? That's so oh. crazy you'd go there, Alex. Turns out Brian was posting about it right as you said that. Like, he was oh. making news, But uh, that's insane. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Wow. Um, damn. How familiar are you with Jaws 3? Oh, well, we did the retro. I mean, that is what Yeah, just... okay. This is what you need to do. And this is for everyone out there, okay? For 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 people who have or haven't seen the movies, who do, if you don't, if you are so familiar, you don't need to watch them, that's fine. If you do need to watch them, I recommend it. Watch Revenge of the Creature and then watch Jaws 3 and then you tell me what they have in common because I'm going to tell you it is amazing. And I believe they did it on purpose when they made Jaws 3 because of the connections between Jaws and Creature. Yeah. If you watch Jaws 3... You know, they have this great white, this baby great white. They take it, they put it in SeaWorld. Okay, in Jaws, I mean, in Revenge of the Creature, they take the creature, they put him in Marine Land. And they're doing that whole walk around the tank scene, trying to get the water to go over his gills, trying to wake him up. They do the same thing with the baby. And then all hell breaks loose. Right. And, oh, um, wow. So a lot of people compare it to kind of like King Kong in that respect, but really it is so close to Jaws 3. It is it is unreal, except for the whole crappy... Well, no, I mean, no, it was even in 3D, so there you go. Um, speaking of the 3D, by the way, if you get the Blu-ray copy of this, they do have the 3D version for 3D TV. So if you're one of the 17 people out there who bought 3D TVs... Mm-hmm. right. Which, by the way, I hope you did already if you want one because they are stopping making them this year. Like, they're, no they are no longer making good it's a waste right who like who would buy if that? you're one of the few people out there who do have that capability then the ver- the 3d version of this film is on the blu-ray release so wait are you saying they're, they're not going to make any more 3d blu-rays uh probably not because they're not making the tvs anymore it just failed like nobody bought it them? failed yeah wow good i'm so glad lg and um who was the other was sony or I'm not sure. I know LG and I I saw I read official statements from both LG and another company saying that they're just they're basically giving up this year. They're not doing it anymore. It just isn't it's not it's not economically viable because no one is buying them. <laughs> and then the twist to this the Shyamalan twist to Creature Part 2 is the creature takes off his mask and it's Dennis Quaid. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Jamie. You're saying that Creature Part 2 is in 3D and you're saying, or you didn't say yet, so say if it is or not. Is this good? Oh, is the it? It's it's um, it's entertaining at time. You know, it's um, not that good. No, um, it's definitely not as personality. It's definitely not as good as the first one. I I enjoyed it enough, but it's not you know blow your socks off amazing by any stretch. It's. It's just mostly entertaining. And I was just getting off on it because of I was noticing all the connections, you know, the similarities between that and Jaw 3. So, Well, I know people are dying for us to actually talk about this, but real quick, one more thing. Is is part three, The Creature Walks Among Us, is that the one where, uh, this is all I remember, so I don't know if it's two or three, he is rejecting, like, all these people and he goes back into the water and I guess he dies? 
Is that the one where he goes back in and you're like, wait a minute, you can't breathe in there. And the guy says he can no longer breathe in water. Probably because that's the one where he does lose the capability to breathe underwater. And he like there's a scene where he's standing on the beach. Now, I like I said, I have never actually seen this film. I've just seen clips of, of it. Um, but there's a scene where he's standing on the beach looking longingly out at the ocean because the humans have taken that away from him. And, and you Aww. know, he's sad. So, I mean, there really is this whole and through all of the films, there's this environmental bit. Um, yeah, that. I felt so bad for that fucker in this movie. Yeah, well, I, and I, you should. Oh, That's the point, you know. Poor bastard. So, Dan, what did you think? It's only your first watch, so did you... Are you lucky enough to like it right away, or...? I liked it, but for different reasons, dude. I just saw this as a comedy. I was laughing my ass. Oh, ass-o. my God. Dude, this shit was so fucking... Like you said, whenever <laughs> the music... Whenever the music came on, and when he popped his head up, dude, I was laughing so fucking hard. I'm just sitting there by myself. Nobody's around me. I'm just laughing, dude. I'm like, that is great. There's so many things that I appreciate about this. First of all, I I dug it. I definitely dug it, but I do disagree with one aspect of of how um, how how Alex saw it. Well, don't disagree with it. I just have a different point of view. Uh-oh, but it's not it's not entertaining the whole way through. It's not, dude. What, dude? The, 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 all right. First of all, it reminded me of a play. First of all, because of the lagoon, like it's it's pretty much one setting. And, and the, you got the boat, you got it in the lagoon, and the only other sets really are what, like in you know when you go underwater and in, in like the in inside. the in the boat in the on the land when they were getting the hand out and stuff. And- Right, so I, I actually did like that. I'm like, oh, this is good because, uh, you know, it's in one place. But some of the back and forth. See, here's what got me, dude, okay? The same thing kind of happens over and over again. And the best one, at meaning when the creature pops up and then, you know. Yeah, something goes happens. to grab something. Yeah, but dude, That's the best so one was when he climbs up and he swipes the lantern. Oh, my God, dude. I oh, fucking. Oh, yeah, he's like, fuck your he, lantern. He just fuck goes. This shit. Fuck Wait, is it, wait, isn't there an internet thing where somebody yeah. put a... Yeah, dude, yeah. there's this thing on the internet where, where somebody took exactly what you're saying and they just have the creature walking around swatting at random things as if he's pissed off or something, and it's so funny. Yeah, they took like a... a what do you call it? Like a montage? Or a... You want um, a motherfucking montage? Of all the times he's like, fuck this, fuck that, <laughs> fuck this too, fuck that. You know, it's great. Oh, yeah, you got to watch. We'll, we'll post it on our uh, Facebook page when the show uh, drops. Okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, it, it was hilarious, too, that he was just randomly swatting at things and randomly grabbing at people's ankles and... Dude, well, well, here's the thing, and, and and it wasn't that that was bad. It's the fact that he did it like 20 times, and then the best one being he just comes up, looks at everybody, you go, blip, swipes your light, fuck your light, and lantern, son, and then he just dips, dude. I thought this was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, unintentionally, but things I did like about it, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. So many fucking, just the way he swam was awesome. Ho- whoever is in that suit doing all the weird swimming, oh, I thought ben was, Chapman. is that what it, yeah. I thought he did a great job with that. Um, who the hell is this chick? Oh, dude, she's so hot with those short shorts. I, see, I thought I was like, because especially at the end where the creature's carrying her, her fucking titties are so nice, dude. She uh. is beautiful. But with that said, though, going back, just looking at her face, I actually, do you guys um, uh, agree with me on this? Where I didn't think her her face is almost like, I, I don't want, 
unorthodox. It's a little not like atypical. Does that make any it's, sense? It's not or classically like, pretty. Or exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. And I and and her eyebrows, dude. I'll be honest with you. Those eyebrows fucking turned me on so bad. I was like, I'm kind of like falling in love with this chick. But with that said, it just it plays into the same thing um, where you know he keeps popping up. But between the lantern thing and then the, the at the last one at the very end where he just grabs her. <laughs> <laughs> it brings it down dude i thought this i they, it went from okay this is okay like i appreciate it i respect this like yeah there's funny parts it went from that to like oh my god i fucking love this movie i can't believe it just literally just ran up snatched her and fucking dove right back in the fucking water. Was, that is so good well i'm gonna agree on this and i want to see if jamie agrees on this too uh he looks insanely funny to me and or goofy like one of the two he like it's weird because there are shots in the beginning of this movie where it's all underwater and for some reason they chose to do they they blacked out his eyes and it looks really scary and you're told i'm buying it 100 percent then all of a sudden when he's above the water his eyes are in there and it looks hilarious and it it totally takes any scariness away. He looks goofy as fuck. And and I don't even I'm not even saying it in a, like a disparaging way. It you still buy into it cuz then you look at it and you think it's slightly fascinating and it is pretty fish-like. So, you know, you bounce around with what you think, but it's definitely like it's not scary looking when he's when he's staring at you with the Google eyes or whatever. No, <laughs> no, that's great. well. You know, there were two different suits. There was the underwater suit and the above water suit, and they were different. They were also worn by different guys. One was shorter than the other. I mean, so there are so there are slight differences to the suit. And then when Chapman was doing the swimming, was it Chapman that did the swimming, or was he the above? Oh, land? I might be wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Sorry, Dan. Uh, oh, I can't remember the, the guy who did the swimming part. What? I'm so I'm so sorry to interrupt you. You just made me think of the other. Didn't the captain remind you of Quint too? Like oh yeah, sure, hell yeah. Okay, well, is, um, that, is that like the most obvious statement ever? I'm he so also sorry. kind of no, no, it's not because he also reminded me of um, yeah, Humphrey Bogart. But um, oh, oh oh yeah, good call. Sorry, I'm sorry. I totally. They wanted to wear... no, you're fine. They wanted him to wear goggles uh, for the underwater scenes right. and. He didn't want to because if water got in there, then there would be no way to get the water out because uh, oh. you have to take the head off completely to get water out. So he he was like, no, I'll just do it with my open eyes. And so I think they may have put like that's why they look black, I think, is because they put like on the mask itself. They kind of put something there so you wouldn't see his actual eyes. Right. I don't know, but um, I do know that uh, he wasn't wearing goggles underwater. Um, and then the above ground suit is a little bit different because it was a different guy wearing it. They actually had to adjust it. Take some. Oh, really? You look at them side by side, they're a little bit different because he's significantly shorter. The guy underwater was significantly shorter than the guy. Yeah, to take some scales out. <laughs> yeah, the torso was shorter, so they couldn't put as much deep, all the same detail into it. Yeah, I mean, there are times, and I think it's partially just because it's ungainly, too. So, like, there's there's a bit of uh, elegance to him swimming. You know, it's fluid. It's um, yep. And then when he's, like, trouncing around above the deck of the ship, I mean, that right there is a little bit more comical just anyway. And then you have that. You're right. You're absolutely right about the eyes. You have those yeah. eyes there. It's weird. It's, like, it's jarring to look at it in the beginning. 
Well, yeah, yeah, it I, is. Um, when, when, he, when he's on land, I really like that. It, it totally looked like a rubber suit to me, but like that oh, it was added, phenomenal. What's that? It's phenomenal, though. I mean, the gills it's, it's actually work. As fuck. You know, yeah. the gills are. If you look at him when he's walking towards you, like you get right up close. And if you're watching on Blu-ray, because you know Blu-ray is very unforgiving. So right. if you're watching on Blu-ray, it still looks good, and his gills are moving. Like they took the time to give that touch of detail, which a lot of films would not have done. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't know if you guys dug this or not. I had no idea that it was uh, it was your favorite, um, Jamie. And and I'll be honest with you, like and, and I was making fun of it, obviously. But listen, that's because I'm, I'm a jackass. I don't care. It doesn't, no, I don't. It, it's no, not going to hurt my feelings. Oh no, I'm not. I believe you. No, I don't. I, well, first of all, I would never want to hurt your feelings. A and B, I it wasn't because of those things. Like it didn't kill it for me. I'm saying that the movie was good. There were so many. There were a lot of good parts to it. I just thought that that all those funny scenes just added it. Like that put it over the top for me. I was like, this is fucking great. Like I could rewatch this bitch and and just get like the. I, that's one of those movies you could even watch with like your friends, like getting drunk or something. It's oh, just yeah. one. Because it could be hilarious or good, right? Well, yeah. Right. Well, all right. Uh, this is my favorite, like I said, but there are definitely some what the fuck moments in this movie. Like this is not, this is not a movie that is impervious to to WTF. Classic skeleton crew WTF moment. Yeah, that's right. I brought it back just for you, Alex. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. I can't wait to hear these. Well, actually, one thing I do want to note, though, is I think it's interesting, and this is not a WTF, but I do think it's interesting that in the very beginning, the when they give sort of like the, the monologue that's opening the film, they hit both both creationists and evolutionists with that monologue, uh, or like when they're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, God created the earth and then billions of years. I mean, it's, I think it's kind of funny. They come from both angles, which I think is interesting to do in 1954. I but, told uh, you. Anyway, in the very beginning of the film, one of the first things we see is dude walking up going, oh, we're going to dig it. I'm going to take a few more photos of this arm sticking out of this rock, and then we're going to dig it out. Crack, let me just break it off. (laughs) Yeah, am I the only one who is wondering, like, I don't understand two things. One, they were going to go look for rocks to see if they match whatever. And I'm like, well, isn't the rest of the skeleton behind that arm? Yes, that's what I would say. Because he's like, oh, well, many years ago, it washed all, it could have washed away and washed him down there. Well, no, asshole. If he was, <laughs> if, if that happened, the rest of his skeleton is behind that fucking arm. It's, hey, it's asshole. in the other side of that rock. Why are you going way the fuck down there? He's right there. You know, and what kind of jackass breaks off an arm anyway? It's like, oh, this right? is all there is here. Crack. You know, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what kind of scientist are you? <laughs> I was yeah. dying. And then um, and then he's like, well, there's nothing. And he actually makes a statement. There's nothing more in this rock. Bullshit, there's nothing more in that rock. The rest <laughs> of the guy is in that rock. Do you know how limbs work? You know? I mean, maybe if it was his back, like his foot going back, like as if he were walking like, forward and it was like just you know, the back end of his foot or something, I can see, oh, the rest of his body must have gone that way. But we're talking his arm is sticking out. Like, clearly right. he's reaching <laughs> forward. So we're just talking physics here. The rest of his body is attached to that arm. Unless <laughs> somehow his arm just broke off and landed in. He just in. grew out of the rock. Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but I was laughing my ass off. Oh, James dropping science here. They were being, they were being dorks. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 
With Jamie, for a what the F moment, how about the hair on the first victim? <laughs> like, holy right? shit, dude. Do you have a mirror? Does this guy ever get laid? <laughs> like, oh my god. This this whole thing, it's you have the, the subplot of this guy who's jealous of this other guy because he's banging, like, the hottest chick that these two are ever going to see in their life. <laughs> well, and bless her heart. You know, she's so... Bless her heart for studying science. You know, right? she's a girl, and, and you know, she's scientific, you know, which basically in this film just means she helps him. Uh <laughs> yeah, scientific in this, I equate it to, like, uh, Denise Richards being a scientist in the Bond film. <laughs> no, <not at> all. <laughs> yep. And yeah, so this the the creature is pretty resourceful. He escapes from like the nets they put in. He he does this thing where the like the boat is caught in this one thing and he gets you know he oh he puts a tree down and stuff. So he he's doing yeah. that and it's weird because that part didn't make sense to me because he seems to want them like uh, like, uh, the natural instinct would be to get these assholes out of here. You know, they're trying to kill me. They're going after me. Go back where he came from. But he's trapping them in there now. And, like, he's like, all right, now you're fucking dead. You know? Uh, it's like a lot of... Even the whole premise is, like, with them being there, why are they assuming that the Gill Man is even still alive? You know? They seem to be looking for him as if... You, why would you assume that a fossil of something that nobody on the planet has ever seen might still be down there. And could the Gill Man even really be alive? Because just like my theory on why there's no real Bigfoot in the world is because they, to, to maintain a population of a species, you need minimally like a thousand of them because of sickness and age and this and that and injury and death by injury. So you would need at least a thousand of these things to to maintain the species. And if there were, then we would have seen them by now. Just like Bigfoot. Yes, yeah, what I just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it couldn't be real. Well, uh, yeah, we've talked about, yeah, well, I'm not going to get into the Bigfoot thing. You know why I'm not going to get into the Bigfoot thing with Alex? Because there's no way I'm going to win. He's so much more informed than I am. Oh, it's wait, just... you, you believe Bigfoot? <clears throat> not that I believe Bigfoot. I just think, <laughs> well, first of all, if you look at all the people out looking for him, I mean, not exactly scholars. Um, no. Usually... They're, they're single white males who can't necessarily get any ass unless they pay for it. And even then, I'm sure they get denied. But um, I just think of it like this. If you look at um, how much of the um, ocean floor we've actually, uh, you know, covered um, and we've been on this planet how many years and we're, we're still discovering new species there. I just think it's a possibility. That said, that's like my my little sci-fi fantasy theory. But no, I don't think it's I don't think there's Bigfoot there. Do I think there's a like a less than one percent possibility? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, I just think we'd see their bones by now and stuff like that. You know, like no, no. Like I said, you're right. I'm just, I'm just because because underwater, I still believe that there might be a gill man. I mean, I don't really don't think so because the, the <laughs> world, you know, Earth isn't really that cool. So I don't really think there is, but uh, I could imagine a lot more things under the ocean, you know, places we can't even go because the pressure and stuff. And the ocean's so big, I can't imagine they cover the whole floor of the ocean already. So, 
I feel like there are things we're still going to discover, but on land, I mean, we're still I discovering things from the ocean. You know, um, all the time there will, they'll either discover things that they thought were extinct millions of years ago, like this yep. elecanth that is a fairly recent discovery within the last twenty years or so that people thought was extinct, and then oh, there's another, you know, there's one, or, or just brand new species that we never knew existed at all. So right. it's, you know, I, I don't think it's all that unlikely the that realm, there's something right? out there we don't know of yeah but 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 to alex's point though too like with all the the footage and all that like the, the, all that shit can be debunked like so easily and you did oh, well, yeah. no evidence but yeah but I, i'm with you though jamie too where i don't know to be honest with you though guys i just think it's more fun to believe that that's the truth and i honestly pro there's probably not because like alex said if there was something out here somebody would have found it and they wouldn't just let it live and film it they'd kill it and then they'd yeah. fuck become millionaires so yeah i used to be obsessed with bigfoot i used to when I had a job where I had, I could just like uh, listen to stuff all day, I literally played every single documentary on Bigfoot all throughout the day while I was working. That's how into it I was. That unfortunately they were never very different from each other, and most of it was like about the townspeople all celebrating it and like really, you know, because it brings in money to the town. The same way, uh, just oddly enough, that Jaws brought money in, you know, during the summer. Like right. that Bigfoot thing in the Pacific Northwest actually brings money into the town. They actually play that up. So yep. Yep. that's the only reason they really go for that. But uh, but back to this movie real quick. What do you guys think? Uh, this this hot chick uh, smoking a cigarette was that seen as like something that was sexy back then? I think so. Okay, because now it's like ugh, she smokes. Dude, that's a. I mean, that we're talking. Me. We're back then. We're talking. You know. You've come a long way, baby. You know, I mean, this was that was something that women did not do for a long time. It was, a, you know, and then when women got to the point where they could do that, then, you know. So women didn't smoke in the beginning? Not in the beginning. No, I mean, some of them did, but it wasn't considered polite in society. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it wasn't ladylike. Right. So, um that's where the whole Virginia Slims ad campaign came from. You've come oh, a long no way, shit, baby. Huh? You know, you you basically oh. you can do this now. I mean, there was a there okay, there was an old cigarette brand called Debs. Way way back. <laughs> and they had a red they had a red filter tip on the end of this cigarette. The whole point of that was because when you smoked it, your your lipstick wouldn't show up on the filter tip because the filter tip was already red. <laughs> and the tagline was men don't like this. They don't like seeing lipstick stains. They think it's gross. So for because men don't like seeing <laughs> lipstick stains on cigarettes, we're going to market these cigarettes specifically for women so they won't gross out the men, you know, who are, by the way, smoking themselves. So uh, it just it's it's always been uh, there's been an interesting dichotomy between men and women as far as that goes. But I always thought what what I took from that um I just I never really paid attention to the fact that she was smoking. I did, however, notice that when she tossed it into the water, it landed in the water and then sort of sinks down. And then as it sinks down, you see the creature directly under it, kind of looking up. Now, on one hand, he's looking at her because he is infatuated with her. And so he's just staring at her. But you could also take that as a him going, bitch, this is my house. Right. You know, right. why are you throwing shit in my house? <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if it landed in his mouth? <laughs> and quite frankly, I was infatuated with her too, so I, I definitely can see where this guy. 
Dude, I thought I was gonna be the only one, and you guys were like, it would be like, yeah, no, she was okay, but like, I was like taken back by it. Yeah. Oh, guys, you know how we got all those skeleton crew like uh, weird happenings too, like coincidences and whatnot. So I watched this today. Do you know what I did all day? Uh, I do tree work on the side. Um, you know what I did all day? I took a winch and I was literally tying it around trees all day. <laughs> and winch, I swear to God. And then I'm watching this and I'm like. They got a, and how many times did they use that winch? They must have used that just as much as the creature popped his head up, dude. Like also, what other movie uses a winch? Jaws. Jaws, right, 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 exactly. And yes. vir- virtually the same thing happens to it. Right. I yes. mean, as far as it, you know, it's snapping and all of that. Yeah, my winch didn't break today. I kind of kicked some ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The- the funniest parts had to be the uh, the creature getting on the boat and like just reaching through the portal and stuff like that. That was all really funny. It really was, dude. That that and the lantern swipe. I I will never. That is ingrained in my brain for the rest of my life. I'm gonna. Shit was so one of us funny. Gotta find that that um that meme and send it to you because it's really yes. fucking funny. Yeah, you gotta see it. Please, he's somebody do. He's reaching for her ankle underwater, and he's like, "I'm gonna touch." Okay, not. No, I'm gonna touch you. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm gonna touch. No. <laughs> and like, like, and him when they when he fell off the boat or whatever, and then he swam to his grotto, and they just shined the lights on him. He looked hilarious just walking or standing there. Like it was just so funny. I thought I thought he was um just I thought that the light had some effect on him but when they shine that light on him I you would have thought that they were like literally shooting him with an M16 or something I'm like but it turns out obviously he was <laughs> injured by that whatever that gas stuff or whatever the hell they were that cum load that they were spraying in his face like 50 times that poor bastard by the way but I yeah like but yeah there, there was Many odd decisions of what of how things went in that movie, but um, I loved it, dude. I, I re- thank you guys for turning me on to this because I'll be honest with you. When I heard this, I was just kind of like not bummed, but I was like, I mean, I'll watch it. But eh, and here then, we go. Right, exactly, <laughs> here we go. And then at the end, I'm like, he fucking swiped the lantern. That was hilarious. Well, how about they smash it over his head? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. I love that scene where um, at the end. Uh, and, I, and I, I was calling out a bunch of this shit, too. Like, at one scene, the captain grabs a lantern and kind of holds it at him, like, right before he sets him on fire. But it doesn't right. even appear to be lit. I'm right. like, why the hell is he afraid of a lantern that's not even lit? Like, it isn't – that's not threatening. But um, at the end where they shoot him, like, in the grotto, and then, like, they're shooting at him. And then he just turns around and stomps out, like, fuck y'all then. And, like, yeah. he just yeah. stomps off. And then he goes back to the water. And then, of course, he goes into the water, and that's when he dies. But it's – I just think it's so funny because he's like, fuck this noise. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Like, he's yeah, not I even fighting. He's just like, I'm out. <laughs> yep. Well, how about when the two guys punch each other in their faces? <laughs> so that was a big, that was kind of like a, a what the fuck moment for me. Like, first of all, if you're in that situation, dude, first of all, old school punch, old school punches in these kind of movies are always hilarious, dude. Yeah. Like whenever Elvis is punching somebody out, mm-hmm. it's, it's always so funny, dude. But why did they? Why did the guy think once he just punched that guy in the face that it would be over and he could just grab <laughs> his tank? Like, dude, dude's right behind you. He's pissed now. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, he thought he could just go about his business. Like, I could see if he knocked him out, but the guy clearly wasn't knocked out. He was just pissed now. Now he's coming after your ass. And I love how they always go down with each punch back then. You know, now you can p- punch him, and it depends. If it's a fight scene, of course, 
Now you gotta punch him 40 times for him to go down. But back then, man, one punch, nobody could take a single punch back then. That's yep. because the punches delivered were delivered by real men. They were hardcore. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yes, they were manly men. All They'd it took been... was one punch. <laughs> they smoked cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Without the red tip. How about when the gill man pulls the guy's oxygen uh, out of his thing? Like, how would he know how that suit works? Oh, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> He's been on the internet. <laughs> he did a Google search. Uh, the one part, when, when we get to the end, the grotto, um, you know, he eventually gets the girl one last time. He brings her over there. And I got to say that that a lot of people, I think Jamie, out of anybody, will recognize it. They recycled the music that is in all those classic universals from, the from like, the 40s. I, I, they say, did. They did. Yeah, you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, actually, that I meant to mention that earlier, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to mention that when I was talking about the score earlier. But, yeah, they did. They took, they specifically took... Uh, music from other films. Did that make you feel good? Did it feel like it's all part of the family now with that? Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know if that's why they did it, or maybe it was just, hey, we have the stock music, but I kind of feel like maybe they wanted it, to, because this was the end mm. of the era. This was the end of the Universals, yeah. as far as, like, oh, yeah? introducing, as, well, as far as introducing a big right. new character. New monster, this, was, yeah. right. this was the last one. This is the oh. last monster. And, oh, I, no and it had been so far separated. You know, it had been 23 years since Dracula had come out. Um, so it had been, you know, a whole generation since Dracula had come out. And I, I think they probably did want to kind of tie it back with the other Universal films, kind of make it feel like it belonged. Because even then, it had been since 1941 that they introduced the Wolfman. So mm. it had been a long, you know, over a decade since they had introduced a new character. You know, one last thing that you think about when this movie wraps up is they never bring this guy back. They just have to explain five dead people now. Like, can you imagine when they go back home and have to explain why five people are dead to their families and their, their every, the police and everybody who's going to be asking about this? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I mean, like they have no proof. And is anyone going to believe them? They all they have is the one hand he broke off from the rock, but that was you know, <laughs> exactly that was from millions of years ago. I got the Devonian scared. area, which area era, which they are absolutely in love with. They keep bringing up the Devonian era all through the movie, but um, yeah, somebody made up a word, so they're gonna keep using it. <laughs> they're gonna roll with it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I give this a four out of five. I really like it. I'm so glad I do. I, I can't. I'm actually excited to watch it again. So that's really cool. Um, what do you guys? Well, do? if you do, listen for the Jaws music. Do that for me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan? Um, I would give it. I, I, I'm settling on like a 3.5, um, and and the reason why it's a 3.52 is because of uh, rewatchability. Like I said, man, I could to- like same thing. If this is ever on Turner again, now th- this bitch is staying on, and I'm gonna laugh hysterically every time he swipes something or I see a winch or or, or anything. You know, come wilds in the face. Or, oh no, wait, that's not that movie. But anyways, um, so yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I'd say 3.5, maybe between 3.5 and between a four but I, I really did enjoy it and i just want to thank you guys again for turning me on to because like I, i'm pretty ignorant with that shit like i'll be like i don't want to watch that and then i'll watch it i'll be like i am the asshole so i'm the asshole yeah well guys also check out the review on kill the cast the guy i'm on the married with children show with jerry Harry. Oh, yeah 
he did this review. Uh, it was weird because I, you know, we already planned on this, and then he just came out with it out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, sorry, dude, I'm gonna do this too. <laughs> but you know, we're not in the same network, so he didn't care. But check that out. I haven't heard his review yet because I told him I don't want to hear it because I don't want to. Um, feel like I can't say something he said because it'll feel like I'm stealing it. So if I said everything he said, it's not my fault. I did not hear that review, <laughs> but check that out. Oh, and real, real quick, dude, uh, I just wanted to say, because um, we all haven't been on recording in so long, I just want to tell you, man, um, and I've told you this off air, but great choice for a podcast, first of all. And second of all, man, I, I, I love the show and I was always a Married with Children fan, but now I'm literally watching along with the episodes. And uh, yeah, for somebody nice. that wasn't um, a, a huge, huge fan initially, like I watched it every morning before I go to work. I think it's hilarious or whatever, but I have such a more appreciation for it now. And I really feel like, um, you know, I feel like uh, really looking at it from a different point of view. Well, the shit that you guys talk about, I would never I would never think about, dude. Dude, that's what we said. We said we can't believe we have so much to say about this. Well, like, what the? Well, I I think it was fucking Jonathan Orr that even said like a, an hour and a half long podcast for a half hour long <laughs> show. Like our shows are literally five times longer than the episodes themselves. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, I just want to tell you though, great job on that, Jamie. I um, I was just about to listen to uh, liking it today. I didn't get a chance, but I'm gonna check out that new episode and. You are due, uh, young lady, for a guest appearance on Cut to the Chase. So there's that, too. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for planning to listen to Liking It. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, me too, because I, I, I heard there's a certain aspect of it that's very different, and I cannot wait to hear this. Oh, Jamie, uh, Corey Norman's got a uh, werewolf movie that's uh, doing the festivals right now called White Drift that he's going to send me in a few days when it's done. So uh, Nice. So we can, we if you guys want, we can interview him for it. But um, yeah, it's his werewolf movie, and they are very proud of it. And I heard it's really good. So check very that cool. out. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, before we wrap this up, Jamie, I'm assuming five out of five. Well, I mean, realistically, I can't really give it a five just because there are some things about it that hold it back. Just like like the whole the breaking off the hand and shit like that. That <laughs> that that really does bother me. Um. I'm going to say 4.5. I mean, I absolutely nice. love it on a personal level, but, you know, I, realistically, it's not a perfect film. So, mm-hmm. um, Oh, well, we used to split that up. Remember we had a technical rating and then the, the Netflix oh, rating? Right. Yeah, well, okay, well, my Netflix rating then is a straight-up 5. I absolutely okay. love <laughs> it. Technically, it's one. Nice. Yeah, technically, I'd say, uh, well, I'd say technically it's like a 4. And So that's 8 out of 10, then. 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a thrill of a show for for me and Jamie and probably anyone, any old school listener of Skeleton Crew. This is Dan Chase's first official um, show back is as a whole because, you know, Dave signed us, you know, passed the torch back on the last one. He was in the intro of the last one. 
And now this is a, a full Dan Chase uh, old school skeleton crew to uh, roll out the farewell tour. I mean, that's pretty cool, right, Dan? Dude, I'm so yes, I'm so pumped, man. Like honestly, what, this is how excited we all were today. <laughs> we, we we decided to record early. This is what we were saying. This is probably one of the earliest recordings we've ever had, and we decided to go for a certain time. We went earlier than that because we were all so pumped to get on. That's how that's how pumped we are, dude. So yeah, man, of course, man. I'm I'm so excited to be back, dude. Of course. I mean, same thing Jamie said, man. I've been looking forward to it all week, you know? I mean, because especially I've been excited to talk about the stuff, but just thinking about and, and I started going through um some of the old shows that I wasn't on, Alex, and I want to get into that with you because um I got yeah, this. Yeah, how whole... how is that? What kind of perspective is that? So it's great, dude. It's uh, it's tough right off the bat just because listening to uh you know all that we went through it just you know kind of freshen your mind for a second but then once all that's through with and and you just get back into the normal format of things it's it, it it's funny man it just it, it just makes me more grateful that that we're all back together again and that uh that we're that we're gonna do this uh final season all together again because because listen when i listen back to those it is tough but like you guys are so damn good like you've you that's never changed so it was just like, I don't know, it was just like normal stuff again. It was just like being home again. You know what I mean? Just like listening. So perspective wise, it just perspective from now, you know what I mean? Like as of right now, it just because you know that you're back. So it's different even then. It's fun to listen to because that, that was a while ago. But now I'm just it just makes me more grateful. All right. Now, did you hear show 100? Where it was like a uh, full eclipse of all of our past shows and stuff like that. Yes. It was eight hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I did. What did you think? Of, now, see, even because that was when we were even, you know, mad at each other. And I still said at that moment, this show 100 is basically um, <clears throat> a celebration of the show itself. And although I had those feelings, I never, ever, ever let them infiltrate your presentation and your contribution and how it was going to be uh, presented. So that is a left, right, and center tribute to you as much as it is to all of us. So I'm now I'm even more glad I did that decision. <laughs> you know, like thank God I didn't let my emotions get the best of me. Well, and truth be told, dude. So I I didn't really listen to the shows like I said up until now, until I started going. But but I did listen to that show when it dropped because several people told me to. Oh, and because you thought it was the last one, maybe too, right? Uh, I no. It was supposed to be. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be the end at a hundred. I never thought that. <laughs> oh, you knew. You said he's not leaving. There's no. It way. might have been presented as that, but I never thought that for a second. Oh wow, like that. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody thinks that. I don't. Th I don't nope. think anyone ever believes us when we're like, okay, this is it. This is all we're doing. They're just yeah. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we're like the Michael Jordan of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we're the. We're the Brett Favre. We're the Rolling Stones of our podcast. <laughs> we have six farewell tours. And to be no. clear by that, I don't mean that we have an expensive line of shoes. Uh, what I mean <laughs> is that you know we keep yeah. saying we're going to quit and then we keep coming back. That's all. Right. Yeah. We're broke as a joke. <laughs> In no other way am I attempting to compare us to Michael Jordan. <laughs> or Jackson. Here, let's be clear on this. I don't want to look like – I don't want to make this a joke. <laughs> you know, like uh, us leaving is a serious thing. It's not like It's not like a joke at this point. So – we were supposed to leave at 100. Yes, that was true. And, you know, everything leading up to it, as you know, like with the tensions that all started, it definitely seemed like definitely we want to stop. And then um, 
as you know everything happened with Dan and everything, it was like you know how when that kind of thing happens, it's almost like it changes everything and it kind of changes your perspective on things. I was like, well, I guess we could just keep going or whatever. So then that is the one time that we said we're going to keep going. Now, the second time, I personally am going to hand the show off to Michael J at show 125 or something like that. Now, I I didn't really think Jamie would stick around once I did that, and Dave said he would, and I figured they'd get one more third person. See, that would have been like the Mayberry RFD of... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's yes. like, it's like it starts out as the Andy Griffith show, and then, like, one person sticks around, and then the whole cast changes, and then it becomes Mayberry RFD, like, eight seasons later. I, you, and it's... I don't know. That's just weird to me. Um, not that That's there's a- anything. Not that there. Not that there's anything wrong with any one person that would be doing it. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, because Dave is amazing, and I don't know who else they would get. Dave is amazing. Um- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one guy worth listening to. It would then, you know, it would it would be bizarre. Like it wouldn't be. It would be like, we want to hear Dave, but we don't want to hear Mike uh, steer through a show. For sure. And, and all that. So that wasn't the most thought out thing. That was more me being selfish and just wanting free time. Uh, and plus, I think I was moving and stuff and, and getting married at that time and all that kind of stuff. So I think I just really didn't feel like I had time anymore. So then that was the second time. Now, then Mike to- totally put his foot in his mouth and... Totally shot himself in the foot. Do I have any other feet references? No. Okay. So uh, he did that. Totally sabotaged his chances of having the show. And uh, ruined everything. And then we said, well, I guess I'll stay. Sort of like... Out of spite? Yeah, out of spite. Like, <laughs> I will burn this now. motherfucker down before I let you live here. That's what... Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So then it was like, well, let's just stay now because Mike's gone and now we could just have me, you and Dave. And, you know, Dave really didn't like sharing the spot with Mike because he just felt a little crowded and he he wa- he wanted to have the, the trio thing. And then Mike was there and was like, oh, OK. So then we were excited to just have us three. And then it just became a point where now it's been going on for uh, six years or something. <laughs> So, uh, and now I do want to branch out and do other shows, and uh, Dan is back, coincidentally, to end it the way it should, like a perfect bookend. It started with Dan, and it should end with him, and Dave thought so, and he wanted his old show back, and Jamie and I are glad to have our old show back. That was really big of Dave, and now and now we're just going to wrap it up in the final year. Dan got his show cut to the chase, Jamie has multiple shows, ABCs evil episodes and liking it and you know just obviously she's filled doing other stuff and i have the married with children podcast so it's like um and i i'm you know banana laser i'm sure will come back so we still have other things we could do and we we will be doing so it's good to free time up with that too the skeleton crew you know sort of run its course in a way i mean it's not like there's nothing left to do but um It's nice to end it before it's like night was it's better to burn out than fade away, I guess. 
Yeah, man, I, I I know too, man. Like we got a lot of good ideas too to to end it, which you know we were talking about for October and all that kind of stuff. So it it is good to kind of plan it out. Um, dude, it's funny because like I was watching Bates Motel and I was thinking about our show too. Like same thing. Like I'm glad they're ending it, not going into season eight, dragging it right. out. Like and, and 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 we'll get into this whole thing with Bates Motel later, obviously. But like, um, for a show to end it um and and have somewhat of a comprehension of how to do that is 10 times better than than going on and and going on and Until you know people eventually can't even do it no more like dude i can't record no more and it's like you know like it, it'll eventually get to a point where we can't even do it anymore probably and then that will be a weird way to end it right so it's Better to call the shots. That, or you bring in the weird little redheaded baby that you have, like you know, it's seventh season and yeah, seventh season baby. It's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I'd much rather uh, do it this way than <laughs> than any other way. And, and two, you know, we, we've like you said, that it's not like we we we've pretty much done, you know, a lot of the things that we wanted to do pretty much everything. Right. Um, and we're hitting new movies, too, which is which is always fun. But like, yeah, for me, it's it, it, I could do this forever. But but at the same time, you don't want to do the show that's a remake of our show reviewing I'll always know what you did last summer or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, really? Like, so yeah, you want, you want to, uh, you want to kind of go out with a bang. Yeah. And we're all going to throw everything at you, but the kitchen sink, I asked these guys to submit stuff. So anything they'd like to do on this show, uh, we'll do, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, we have an amazing show planned for you for uh october we're ending on, on halloween by the way if you forgot we have an amazing show for october that you're gonna love we have a couple a couple cool things we're bringing back because it's old school and we're going out the way we came in but you know obviously we're a little better now and stuff so it'll be cooler even than before and uh it'll just be a really good time and it'll be a lot more variety too <laughs> uh I wonder how many times we'll have to talk about this to convince people that we're actually ending in October. You think people will believe us by that show? <laughs> well, yeah, because here's the thing. Now, we just established we're leaving at 100. That was once. And we I just explained why we went on. Right. Then I was only again leaving when Mike was going to take over at 125 or 120, I think. Yeah, 120 was when he was taking over. And then he screwed that up. So other than that, I've never really had – I never said this the bluff thing or anything like that you know like i never dangled a carrot over your head like a, or whatever they say there's only those two times i mean i think they're pretty significant well i just mean by the time like october right yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of worded that wrong i mean by the time october no, you're comes, right though by the time october comes around though i can already hear the people oh you guys are leaving oh what is this like you ruined my halloween blah 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 this is so sad it's the last show blah blah i can already fucking hear it coming but I, that's why i love everybody that listens to the show because they're all like so all in dude like that's why i love everybody they're just so down for whatever the hell we're doing and to listen to my stupid podcast on the side where it's like you know what i mean and and like you know even for jason lloyd to put it on his thing it's not a horror podcast and, and yeah, me too. you know what i'm saying yeah exactly dude like i don't know i'm just uh yeah everybody's a shit and uh and and it's so it's so good to like be going out this way like you said dude like i love i love the way everything ended up with all of us obviously but like now we get to kind of flex our muscles so to speak and really do what we 
did back in the day and get back into it. Like it'd be one thing to make amends with you guys and, and, and kind of end it there and say, well, we had a good run, but to, to come all together again and to finish it. And dude, we still got months of podcasting ahead of us. So I'm personally like, I'm fucking so excited, dude. And aren't you more grateful? Like, and Jamie, like knowing that this is going to end, isn't it? Don't you feel like more sort of privileged to be in the dungeon at this moment like isn't it like kind of surreal in a way it's like wow we're here and we all know it's like life you know we know we're not going to live forever and we should appreciate each day as if it's like a gift <laughs> but you know nobody does this truly is i mean every minute that goes by is a minute closer to the end so it's like wow i can't believe i'm here i'm so glad to be sitting here with you guys I am super glad to be sitting here with you guys i'm i'm i mean i've already said that i was really giddy and that part is true i I am so excited about doing this show again and or this version of this show again, you know. Um, but to be honest, I don't think about the fact that it's going to be ending. I, I, I seriously try to push that out of my head because um, I'm one of those people that even though I know that eventually things have to end and you have to move on and I have all these other things that I'm doing and, you know, all this stuff, it's I still just don't like to think about it. I just... I'm in here. I'm in the moment. I'm loving every second of it. And that's as far as I go. I feel the same way, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too, I guess. I guess I don't think about it, but I'm glad to be here. But uh, I think the, the you know, th this is not me saying it's not over, but I think the minimal thing that would ever happen would be we'll just come back every Halloween and do a show every Halloween. Like, other than that, I don't see anything else happening. Like, right? I mean, wouldn't you guys like to get together once a year or something like that? <clears throat> and that's what I always figured what would happen, something like that. Like, and, and that's the whole thing with, with doing consistent shows and stuff like that. Like, when you said, you know, with the time with the time constraints and like you said you were getting married and stuff like that like it's it's always good like yeah we could always drop shows like whenever we want really i mean i mean i mean i mean whenever whenever have a great idea i mean you also want to do it for a for a good reason you don't want to just randomly six months later drop a show on on you know don't breathe too or whatever like you know oh, what I'm saying? no no if we ever do that halloween thing it'll be because we really would like to do something it's not it'll never be to to get ratings and to stay current <laughs> what do we care anymore you know what i mean those days are over buddy <laughs>